Hi, this is Larry Hama, and you're listening to Star Joe's Podcast. From days of long ago, from uncharted regions of the universe, comes a legend. Star Joe's Podcast, episode 58, Star Joe's Crossover with Altered Egos. I'm your host, Ryan, and Chuck is not here right at the moment. However, you'll hear from him in just a moment. I just wanted to give you guys a quick intro as to what you're about to hear, as well as just give you a taste for what's to come. So we were contacted just recently from the guys at Altered Egos, and they're at alteredegos.com, and the first uh, e in altered is the actual three, so it's A L T three R E D egos dot com. And the reason they contacted us is because they were interested in covering the first issues of the new Transformer series. We of course were very happy to be invited to be on their show. Uh, I did a recording of what we talked about, as well as X and Glenn, uh, two of the hosts on Altered Egos did their recording, and they actually released their episode, I want to say, about a week and a half to two weeks ago. So I told them I you know, certainly wanted them to be able to get their episode out first. We already had an episode uh, that you heard, which was uh, Real American Suck, had that ready to go. So I edited that one first, got it out there, and then put a little bit of Star Joe's touch on the editing for this episode. So if you did listen to the episode from Altered Egos, where we were guests on there, you'll hear actually a, a little bit of new, some new things on this recording that was not on, on their recording because I recorded nonstop and I figured, well, I'll just pretty much throw a lot of it, or if not all of it, into the episode. So, uh, again, if you've already listened to this, great, but it's worth listening to again because you're going to hear us talk a little bit more about Transformers than what you may have even heard uh on their show because we talked in between their recordings and everything else uh, some more about Transformers. And at the end, we talked a little bit about G.I. Joe and what's coming up as far as the movie and everything. So it is definitely worth giving this a listen to again. Uh, 
And I uh, wanted to give you guys an idea as far as things coming up. Uh, we have the next two episodes. Most likely we're going to be covering just issues. Uh, we're going to, in our next episode, we're going to wrap up everything that we covered in, that came out in 2011. And we're going to have a wrap-up show of 2011. So we're going to talk about, you know, where things were at the beginning of the year, where they ended up at the end of the year, uh, in regards to the show, in regards to the comics that we cover. And we're going to also give you guys our nominations for best of, and in some cases, the worst of 2011. And just like last year when we did, this is the Roadie Awards. Uh, the Roadhouse Awards, uh, we will give our nominations, and then you guys will get to vote based on either those nominations, or you can also do your own write-in nominations. So just because we nominated something or a few things doesn't mean that that is the ones you have to stick to as far as your voting. So we'll go over that again when we do that episode. The next episode after that, we will most likely be covering issues again because a lot came out in 2012 and we want to kind of get caught up on everything. So we'll, we'll cover issues again uh, for 2000, everything that came out in 2012 so far. And we will then also uh, maybe do one or two of the retro issues from the Marvel runs. So this way we can kind of get the ball rolling as far as getting through some of those issues and, and covering more than just you know, a few within the year. So we really want to cover at least one issue every single month, if not more. So we have a lot of things planned for this year to help us get through a lot of those issues and still really enjoy them. We have a lot of things planned for this this year. It should be a lot of fun. A um, few surprises here and there. So just stick with us. And then in uh, once we do our nominations episode in March... Uh, most likely our first episode in March is when we'll give the results of all the voting that you guys do. So we do have some new listeners. We do have an iTunes review. But I'm going to save that for when Chuck can be here with me. And we'll cover that at that time. Uh, we've had some voicemails come in. We've had some listener questions come in. So keep those things coming. And we will cover all those within the next couple of episodes. And... Uh, let me just give you our information right now since we won't have a chance at the end of this episode. Uh, you can find us at uh, starjoes.com. You can find us on the comicforums.com. That's where you can interact with us every single day. And you can also find us on Facebook. We have a fan page as well as a profile page. The fan page is the one I recommend going to because that's where you'll find uh, images from the episode. You'll find covers for the issues that we review every single uh, time we review issues. And that's something I'm going to be keeping up with more in this year. And I plan on getting caught up on the ones from last year to give you guys a, an idea as far as what issues that you'll be voting on based on from 2011. So look for that to be happening very soon and very quickly on Facebook. Uh, you can also leave us an iTunes review. For every iTunes review you leave us, I will say something nice about Duke. So I, I know everyone knows I'm a Flint fan, but I will say something nice about Duke, and then we'll go from there. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter. It's at Star Joe's Podcast. You'll soon be able to find us on the GeekCast Network, which is a group of podcasts that cover similar 
properties that we cover as well. They specialize in the cartoons or the movies or the toys where we mostly specialize in the comic books. Obviously, doing some toy reviews, that's not going to go away, but we mostly focus on the comic books. So that's kind of our niche with, when it comes to these properties. And uh, let's see, you can also find us on Stitcher Radio. Uh, it's a free application for your mobile device, whether it's your iPhone, Droid, uh, iPad, or any other mobile device you have. You can download the free app from stitcherradio.com. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-E-R. And uh, you can find Starjo's as one of the multitude of talk shows and radio programs that are available on there. And again, they're all free. So free is good. So that's why we went with them. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and turn things over to X from Altered Egos. And he will go ahead and kick things off with this pretty much all Transformers episode. So take it away, X. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. I am your host, X. And joining me from the Alter Egos Research and Development Laboratories in southern New Jersey is Glenn the Cuban Diaz. Good evening, everybody. How we doing, Glenn? I'm not doing too bad, though. Just trying to just trying to stay warm up here in this frigid East Coast weather. And what about what about snow? Are we talking like white stuff up there? Or? Saw a couple flurries today. Got a little <sighs> excited, but not uh, not enough to uh, cancel school. Yes. <laughs> The kids were freaking out because in the entire Middle Tennessee map, there were two bullet holes, and one of them was our county. And they're like, do we have to go to school today? Oh. And I'm just, I'm just losing my stuff because I thought it was hysterical. Nice. <laughs> like, nah, you guys can stay home. And they're like, really? And I'm like, no, not really, no. <clears throat> uh, so we got a special show for you, everybody, this week. We're going to be talking about the Transformers More Than Meets the Eye uh, comic that came out from IDW. And we'll get in... On that in a little bit, but uh, we have some special guests. Join us from the Altered Ego's Killer Whale. That's the Warrior Hovering Assault Launching Envoy. Are our special guests from the Star Joe's podcast, Ryan and Chuck. Thanks for having us. Yeah, glad to be here. How are you guys doing today? Doing all right, except we I think we got a little bit more than flurries here today. That uh, Maybe it passed Glenn up and we got it up here. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cold up here. Shoveling stuff. Yes. Yeah, I shoveled a driveway today after I got off work. Oh, man. That's that's why you have kids. <laughs> True story. Yeah, they're what? They're what? Four, four and two years old? They could get out there. They yeah, can, they can get out there and play. Get, get out there, you little freeloaders. <laughs> well, if they can shovel sand in a bucket and pail, they can shovel snow. <laughs> I don't want to hear nothing about my fingers are cold. Get over there. <laughs> I uh, I shoveled snow the first year I was in my house, and I swore to myself never again. <laughs> That's a smart man. So now I have a snowblower, and, and it's uh, just like any real man would have. It's a giant piece of machinery that gets the job done in about 15 minutes. That's how you do it. I took the other route. I moved to Tennessee. <laughs> that's, that's smart thinking. I was going to say, that's a smarter move. <laughs> of course, the downside here is if they see anything white flurries, and all of a sudden like you can find snow shovels and salt everywhere. Yeah, everything <laughs> shuts down, too. Yeah. Oh, no, there's snow. We'll be off for the next six months. <laughs> yeah. All right, everybody. Well, up here around Cleveland, Ohio, we're, we're pretty prepared for the snow. So it, it comes 
quite often. There's nothing funnier than going to the supermarket down here when there is some snow on the ground. That's the most hysterical thing I've ever seen. They're clearing out the water. They're clearing out all the canned goods. I've never seen empty shelves en masse like I've seen since I've been down here. <laughs> it's absolutely crazy. So um, we're going to be getting into the Transformers, as I said, a little, or the, the comic a little bit later on in the show. But before we do that, um, if this is your first go-around here at Altered Egos, we, we have a set way that we'd like to do things. Basically, what we do is a podcast that straddles the line to help bridge the gap between observation and obsession. The show itself is available in a plethora of versions to allow listeners how intense you want your comic book coverage. You want it hardcore? You can have that. You want it dainty and little? We can handle that too. And depending on how you want it, you can find the different various forms and feeds on our website. And, new, and uh, yeah, <laughs> noob. <laughs> I'm stuck in noob mode. <clears throat> and, Glenn, where can people find that website? Oh, well, they can find that site at www alteregos.com that's a l t the number 3 r e d e g o s.com uh, and remember the first e is a 3 so you can look for the why are there so many feeds tab at the top of the page and that will explain all the ways you can enjoy the altered egos goodness excellente mon frere and i will say that that information was very helpful to me because when i first was <laughs> looking up your podcast i'm like I have no idea which one of these I'm supposed to be clicking on. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> so thank well, that's why that's why that's why we throw it out there for you. Yep. Yeah, there was a little debate when we first sat down to do all of this stuff about let's just have one. And of course, I had to be I had to be cracking the whip, and I said, no, I have to have it this way because there are times I listen to one part of a show that I like, and I don't want to get all the other fifty parts that come down with it. <laughs> so this is the way to go. And this way, you can tailor it to exactly what you like. Exactly. So, first thing we're going to get started with today is, when I think about Transformers being a child of the 80s, I think of toys. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Autobots wage their battle to destroy the evil forces of the Decepticons. The Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers, robots in disguise. Attack beyond a black commander. Call in the Decepticon leader. Transformers, more than meets the eye. Transformers from Hasbro. The first Transformer I ever saw, and it probably affected me up to this day, was Bumblebee, which he's my guy, flat out. Comes before nice. everybody. That little dinky little plastic piece of crap. I don't know, it would probably go for a zillion dollars today. <laughs> I love that thing so much, and that was actually the first one I got as a gift, too. My parents had given it to me for uh, my birthday that year. So, like, man, I think I had that up until the time I went in high school, and I discovered another, you know, thing that was big on me as a child and girls. So, but, right. uh, you know, he was, he was with me all the way up until then. He was kind of watching over my shoulder a little bit, but you know, when we, when we talk about toys for transformers, what are some of the ones that you guys think of? Like when you, when you guys think of transformers, when, when you first got hip to them, when you first started checking them out back in the eighties? Well, uh, X Ryan has a funny Bumblebee store. If he wants to share it, I do. Yeah. How you got Bumblebee, but it wasn't Bumblebee, it was somebody else? Oh, yeah. Um, if you remember, I don't know if you guys will remember this, but 
when <laughs> the Transformers toys came out, there was uh, Bumblebee was came out in actually two different colors. One was red and one was yellow. Right. And I asked for Bumblebee as a gift, and I got the red Bumblebee. Oh. So I just called him Cliff Jumper. <laughs> so because <laughs> I never got Cliff Jumper, and I also never got the yellow Bumblebee. <laughs> so he he kind of had Bumblebee, but he didn't. This right. is where we insert the collective sigh. Yeah. <laughs> oh don't oh don't feel bad for me. <laughs> no don't don't. <laughs> Because my uh, my first uh, Transformers I got, and I don't even know if it was that I was watching the cartoon and then wanted the toy, or if I just saw the toy and wanted it. But my one of my Christmases, the very first Transformers I got uh, were Hound and Skywarp. So I got a good guy and a bad guy, and uh, abs- that started the obsession. And from there, just madness ensued, and I collected quite a few of the Transformers. Oh, go ahead, Glenn. Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna, I was going to say I think uh, I think Ryan and I uh, must have been sharing the same childhood because I think those were my first two Transformers toys too. <laughs> no kidding. And I got I remember I got I got Skywarp uh, on the day that my sister was born. Oh wow! And like okay. that was like that was like my the fir- my first Transformer. I got Skywarp. I think my brother got um, Sunstreaker. And then it just kind of all steamrolled down from downhill from there. But 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 Hound was the next, and he was my favorite for some reason because his yeah. his head his head would push into the hood. So like when hood, you transformed yeah. him, he would, his head would just like pop out automatically, which was which was. And the other thing I liked with yeah, the other thing I liked with him was his windshield. You, you could move it back and yes. forth and everything else. Yes. So that was that little was things, sweet. little things. Yeah, I never had either one of those. Thanks. Oh, so. <laughs> uh, Transformers for me began, uh, again, being a child of the 80s. Uh, I was mostly into Masters of the Universe and G.I. Joe, and I'd go to school, and we would take our toys to school. And a couple of kids had some Transformers, and I would play with them. So I told my mom I wanted some Transformers, and lo and behold, one Christmas I got two Transformers. I got Gears and Hound, two of the smaller ones. Mm-hmm. So those were my not hound uh, gears and brawn the green brawn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my brawn is what's up? I got I got brawn and gears. Those are my first two transformers. I don't know why I have this. I have this like fixation on like the ones like Bumblebee. I liked. I liked um, brawn. I liked Huffer. You know the ones that yeah. are like maybe that's because that's probably the only ones I got now in retrospect. <laughs> but when you look at them, too, they fit right in your hand as a kid, and you could put them in your pocket easy like a Hot Wheel. They also fit your sister's mouth, too. That's important. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> the they were the tough little guys. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. And then I remember uh, I had a kid that used to live down the street from me, and he had all the Transformers. So, like, if I ever wanted to see – kid was spoiled rotten and didn't, couldn't even say it. If I ever wanted to like see what uh, what the Optimus Prime looked like, of course he had that. You know, if I wanted to see what Jetfire looked like when that came out, of course he had that. You know, so he yeah. had everything and anything, and I mean like including the cheesy Lionbot Voltron ripoff that they put out, and just ev- everything. <laughs> if it was any kind of robot or a Star Wars figure, he had it. Yeah, oh, the eighties. Well, I did. I did have Optimus Prime, and that became my favorite one that I ever owned. Uh, I so wanted was... Optimus Prime and never got him as a child. Oh. I own it now, but I, I didn't buy it as a child. I never had it as a child. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. we had we we had the it's, it was me and my my brother and I were only three years apart, so we had a lot of common toys. Like, it, it wasn't like he would have his own separate like little kid toys, and I had my toys. We would get we both got Star Wars and Transformers and GI Joe and all you know all that stuff. So it was, if I had Optimus, he got Megatron, and I, one Christmas uh, uh, I got Jetfire, and he got Omega Supreme. Nice. So it was just like all kinds of crazy toys, man. It was Shockwave, all those. We had the Jets. Then as they started to come out with like the second and third waves of, of them, we just kind of kept collecting them and buying them. I, I shouldn't even say collecting them because none of them, hardly any of them made it through our childhood. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, got a hand, I, I got a handful still downstairs in the basement that I have most pieces for. I have – I don't know how I wound up. I, I had Metroplex originally, and somehow I wound up with a second one. I don't even know where that one came from. But uh, I've got two Metroplexes downstairs, one with the rubber wheels, one with the plastic wheels. Wow. So it was uh, – uh, and it was great, man, because at that time, because G.I. Joe was so big and all these other – all the toys played together. You know what I mean? So it was – Oh, yeah. The G.I. Joe toys rode on the Transformers. The Transformers – I used to have the G.I. Joe base – I had that, uh, yeah. Yep. Uh, the G.I. Joe, the Transformers were parked in the bays and, and yep. fought in Skull, uh, Great Castle Grayskull and Snake Mountain. Uh, they were all over the place. <laughs> and and that's the big difference between Chuck and myself. I did exactly what you did, Glenn, which is I would combine the different franchises together. I'd have my Star Wars guys fighting alongside G.I. Joe, and the they would create the Transformers to help oh in their battle and like i click i created these elaborate stories chuck did not intermingle <laughs> no there's a lot of segregation going on in my toy room <laughs> if i wanted His to play gi joes i play gi joes if i wanted to play transformers i play transformers they didn't mix up so so your toys would have like anti-apartheid <laughs> rallies and stuff like that i even put yeah i even like like if you have a toy box i never really had a a quote-unquote toy box I would put my toys in different areas in my room, and they, they weren't even <laughs> in the same area. So imagine, like, Toy Story, where they all come alive, and they all fight each other because they're not allowed to mingle with each other. Right, right. <laughs> like that forbidden love between R.C. and Duke. <laughs> oh, now, oh, now. Settle down, settle down. <laughs> Princess. Now, the, now, the one thing I did with mine, unfortunately, uh, was when I got older, I got very curious about how things worked. Oh. So I took I took a lot of mini screwdrivers and took them apart. Yeah, son. And the problem, <laughs> the problem was I did not know how to put them back together. <laughs> so now he has like a pieces, like a shoebox full of transformer yeah. pieces. The only one I've been able to put all the way back together was Slag, which was one of the Dinobots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so that's the only one I have that's all the way put back together from my childhood. I remember one of the one of the better ones that I had gotten is I had asked for Megatron like what, it's like a year before or something like that, and then I, I didn't get it. But my mom saw another one later. She's like, "Oh, that one looks like a gun too." So I got Shockwave. Nice. Then, nice. That was like the PS de Resistance, right? So I used that nice. all the time. And then at one point, you know, it had the little thing you'd pull the trigger and it would make the sound and the lights. And it stopped working. And I was like, oh, hell no. So, like, I did the same thing. I got the mini screwdriver, whipped it out, started going in there and tried to figure it out. And I was actually able to find a loose connection with a wire in there. Didn't electrocute myself. Got to put back on and then started firing again. So, yeah, there was a a lot of intermingling of 
of uh, toys in, in my toy box as well. Of course, my toy box was a big old uh, refrigerator box. So oh, yeah. toy box, it was a box in the, in the closet. Yeah, I would have played with that box. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say that you ended up with, in the end, with the better toy anyways, because Megatron as a character was awesome. Megatron as a toy, not so awesome. But Shockwave was both awesome as a character and a toy. Well, now, yeah, Megatron Shock- was okay in his gun form, but as a robot, he sucked. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. He didn't look so. Now that was the thing. Shockwave was one of those early Transformers where he looked the same from the toy to the cartoon. Oh yeah, as, yeah. As, as, from robot to weapon because it, all all of the Transformers looked like their cartoon counterparts in the vehicle modes. But when they transformed the robots, some had similar like Ironhide and Ironhide, and, yeah, and Ratchet yeah. looked completely. Like their little Horrible. faces were stickers behind the windshield, you know. Where in the in the cartoon, the windshield was part of their chest, so like yep. they looked the most different. And and so yeah, it's uh, well, they're kind of close. To, at that time, it was like close enough, and they were still cool as anything. But Shockwave yeah. was the one that looked like he did in the cartoon as a robot and a gun. It was awesome. Well, Glenn, yeah. you said yeah. uh, cartoon. That brings me to my to my next point that I wanted to get to was when. You know, as a young kid, like, I would go outside, we'd be playing, you know, do this, this, and that. We'd take our toys outside and that kind of stuff. And then I remember when the Transformers came on TV. First time I saw that cartoon, and that was it. There was no going outside at that point. We would come <laughs> in my house or one of my other friends' house and raid the freaking refrigerator, and we'd have, like, freaking Transformer parties every damn day after school. And my yep. mom was like, oh, isn't it so nice? Him and his friends are in the house until, like, there are 15 boxes of cereal that were in the, in the house turned into, <laughs> like, a half a box. <laughs> and like so we would just you know go crazy with that but i remember watching that the first time i saw that it was like what is this and it was like <laughs> oh man i don't remember if i saw the toys first or i saw the the show first but all i know is that every day at four thirty, i was in front of that television man there was no way you could even talk to me prime's talking shut up <laughs> <laughs> i got a funny story with uh speaking of prime talking uh you remember when the very first movie came out, the live action movie, uh, the Bayformers, my wife found this website where you could put in a message uh, or insert certain messages and Optimus Prime, Peter Cullen, who did the voice of Optimus Prime, they it would call your house or call the number you provided and Optimus Prime would leave you a message. Well, she didn't realize it was going to call me immediately when she inputted it in, she thought she could enter some type of time or something like that. So I was working later shifts at that time and she inputted it in our home number and it called me and I pick up the phone and mind you, I'm in a sleepy stupor (laughs) and I hear Peter Cullen's voice on the phone saying, Ryan, this is Optimus Prime. And I am not even exaggerating. My immediate response is, what are you doing calling me? And 
<laughs> he goes on this long stretch, and I call up my wife, and I'm like, you would not believe the phone call I just got. <laughs> I thought I won some prize or something like that. Prime says, I got to leave you. I don't know. Transformers are real, honey. I told you. I told you. <laughs> we don't see this movie. He's going to kill us. And they called me. They want me to be their human liaison. <laughs> yeah, that always works out well. Yeah, now I get Megan Fox. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let's 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 back up and consider that for a second. Yeah, that's a good thing. <sighs> okay, but uh, Chuck, were you into the when you were you into the cartoon when you were younger? Yeah, I, I watched the cartoon a lot uh, after school. Uh, I I did see the cartoon before the toys though. So that's how I kind of knew about them, and then people started bringing them to school, mm-hmm. and then that's where I've seen the toys was first at school, and we would play with them on recess, and then I got a couple, like I said, for Christmas, but yeah, but definitely the cartoon came before the toys for me. Reminiscent, I remember, you know, you remember little bits and pieces. I, I haven't, I've watched a couple of episodes here and there since of the, of the original cartoon series, um, but I remember probably the one that sticks out in my head was the one where you first see the Constructicons unite in the Devastator. Yeah. And I was like, oh, oh that's yeah. so nice. cool. And then in the exact same episode, another giant robot walks out that's like head and shoulders above Devastator, and it calls him Little One or something like that. And I just remember sitting there going, oh, that's so awesome. And it was, it was, just, <laughs> a, it was just a mirage that Hound was projecting or something like that. Oh yeah, I remember that. Episode. And I was like, "Oh, that was so cool." That was uh that was the Dinobot episode too. Oh, was it? Yeah. Yeah, the Dinobots came out and tore some construction cons up. <laughs> like Dinobot Island or something. <laughs> oh man, they were all good. <laughs> that I, was that was DVDs now on Shout uh Shout yeah. Factory sells them. I I own the set of the Transformers from Shout on DVD. Awesome, dude. Awesome. That's great. I, I picked up those DVDs uh, when Rhino put them out a few years back. That's when I mm-hmm. got them. Yeah. So they, I have like the seasons one through whatever, and then it's uh, – uh, they're all in silver cases. And as the season packaging went on, like the there were pieces on the cover. So if you look at them in sequence, it's like the pieces finally form like the, one of the symbols. I think it was the Autobot symbols. Yeah. And it came with animation cells, all kinds of great stuff in it. But the, yeah, that's that's, yeah. that's that's stuff that they they'll release those episodes every few years and you know God, God willing the- yeah, so kids will just continue to pick them up and enjoy them. They're on the hub now. Actually, on the hub this past week they've been playing the first five episodes that that started after the Transformers animated movie. Right. That's what I was yeah. going to say. They're on the hub if you wanted to watch the Transformers. The, the G1 cartoons are on the hub. Yeah. My cable sucks. I don't now, have the hub. Oh, that's a shame. Call your local cable (laughs) provider and demand that you get it. And demand the hub. Send your hate mail to noob at (laughs) alteregos.com. My my four-year-old watches it with me. He likes it. See, that's how you got to do it. You got to bond. You got to get them. You got to get them early to teach them right, Chuck. Man, I got to give you props for that. I'm trying to indoctrinate him in all of the things that I, you know, I grow up on. He, he does not really too much into G.I. Joe or Masters right now, but he, he does like the Transformers a little bit more. Teach him right, man. And teach him, you know, do good. Teach him Snake Eyes good. <laughs> teach him Cobra Law bad, very bad. Oh, we, very don't bad. Even, we don't even put that on in the house. <laughs> <laughs> Cobra la, now, la, 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 la. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm getting that, that just that killed my childhood. That did. <laughs> <laughs> now, see, the death of Optimus Prime killed my childhood. So that was that was shocking yeah. as a kid. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Now, Glenn, I got the Rhino ones also, and the interesting thing between the Rhino edition that came out and the editions that are out now is that the Rhino editions are the original version of the cartoon. Right. The versions that are out on DVD right now, they cleaned them up a little bit and got some of the coloring done correctly. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Some of the some of the errors that were in the original episodes were corrected in the new editions. Oh. I personally like still watching the Rhino editions because that's what I watched when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. With all the mistakes. Thing. Well, yeah, as a kid, you didn't know any better. It, that, those are things that you pick out now, watching it now. You're like, oh, that's weird. His head. Right. There, I remember one clearly in watching the Rhino ones. Is There's one where Rodimus Prime is standing there, and it, and it looks like he's doing the funky chicken, like his head is just sliding back and forth on his neck like in a, in like a broken loop. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. I was like, I wonder if that was due I, to the transfer, or was it always like And then talking to my brother, he's like, oh, yeah, don't you remember? That was Rodimus Prime doing the funky chicken. I was like, oh, that's right, the funky chicken. I remember one like, that, that's Jazz the way got, it was. I remember one where Jazz was like transformed. And then he's still talking, and he's like, all right, transform. And then all of a sudden he's a robot. <laughs> like t- one second later, boom, and then he transforms again. I'm like, well, that didn't look right. <laughs> I remember one of the early episodes. I think it's the very first story arc that they did. Uh, Bumblebee and Spike uh, were taking capture, and Optimus Prime is giving a speech to the rest of the Autobots, and he says, we have to go and rescue Bumblebee and Spike, and Bumblebee is one of the Autobots that's standing (laughs) Standing there, yeah. I remember that. I remember that, yeah. (laughs) That's just, that's good. It's what you call using back footage, baby. Yeah. That's the the back-in-the-day way, man. That's how it was. We didn't care. I think out of all of it, out of all of it, the only thing that really disturbed me, and I, I really had a problem resolving as a child... Not so much Megatron was a huge robot and he would transform and become like, you know, a little 22. You know, that didn't really phase me. But when Optimus would transform from truck to robot and then all of a sudden the cab disappeared into the ether. <laughs> the trailer's gone, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, at the first the first bunch of times I was like, okay, that's no big deal. It just, you know, transforms into him. You just don't see that. And then the one time he transforms and then the – you know, the, the military platform, that's the trailer, comes into play. And I'm yep. like, well, where the hell is it every other time? <laughs> I could never get my head around it. That's probably the one thing that probably scarred me as a child. Pocket dimensions, <laughs> now, my man. Pocket dimensions. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the same place where Green Lantern's batter, power battery goes to when he doesn't need it anymore. Exactly. So. Oh, now <laughs> I get it. Maybe, maybe you, you never know. Maybe Optimus uh, got a hold of some pin particles. <laughs> right, and uh, right. it just it just shrinks and it attaches to his back somewhere. Now, Glenn, you're blowing right. my mind. Uh, I'm telling you, man, it's it's crazy. We're talking wormholes, man. Wormholes. <laughs> now, the interesting thing with the cartoon, also, this is something I just got this Christmas uh, from my wife. Was the cartoon here in the in the United States went for four seasons. The fourth season's kind of like a short season, and it ended with like I think it was a. Um, like a multi-part story called Darkness or something like that. But in Japan, it continued. They didn't do that story arc, and it, they actually did 36 more episodes of wow. it. And it was just recently released on DVD here in the States. Now, yeah. granted, it's with subtitles, <laughs> but 
I got the DVD set for Christmas, and I'm very eager to kind of see where the story actually went to. Yeah, I'm not yeah, reading that... cartoons, dude. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, I don't have a problem reading. That's fine with me. You got to watch them first, and then you got to go back and then read them. So you you kind of yes, yeah. That that fourth season ended with uh, basically the introduction of the headmasters. Yes, uh, right. Fortress Maximus and, <laughs> and the headmasters. Yeah, the headmasters, uh, the target masters. That's another. We never one. got into, We never got into the power masters. That I I don't no. know if that Japanese uh, uh, continuation brings the power masters into play, but they got. I believe it does. Okay, yeah. cool, cool. That see that would be cool to see, man. I'd like to see that. I'd like to see that. I think I have a bootleg version of that somewhere laying around. Oh hey, oh hey. <laughs> Come on, we know bootlegs exist. <laughs> Comic conventions are for. What are you talking about? They sell them right there at the con. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we don't have time to go into that Fantastic Four bootleg. Anyway, so we have we have all those like the original series, and then they made how many other series afterward? Armada, Energon, Prime, Beat. Well, I don't mention Beast Wars. Yeah, I don't either. Thank you. Yeah. Thank as, you. As far Thank as I'm you. concerned, that that doesn't exist. I like Beast Wars. That's Earth, that's, that's Earth Two. Yeah. No, because they actually tied they actually tied Beast Wars into the G one universe. Yeah, go ahead. You got you guys can talk about it. I'll just sit here. Me too. <laughs> well, put our music over just, top of them or something. Just to give you kind of a quick rundown as far as things I re- I remember coming out, they had uh, Armada turned into Energon Transformers Energon. It was pretty much the same series. You had Beast Wars that turned into uh, Beast Machines. Uh, right. Then we we also had uh, like you mentioned Transformers Prime, which was just recently, and that one kind of took a like an amalgam of like all diff all the different past Transformers. You had a character from almost, almost every single one. Uh, there was also Transformers Animated, which was mm-hmm. a very cartoony, more childlike uh, version of the Transformers. So, which I actually have the Bumblebee character of that because he's one bad bot. Yeah, that's what he tells <laughs> me anyway. But no, if, if you guys, hey look, if you guys want to go ahead and. Do a little chit chatting about the um, about the, uh, the you know the beast one. That that's fine. You you do your thing. Gobots are better than Beast Wars. No. Yes, no. I'll agree with that. Thank you. Thank you. What? Come yeah. on. Yeah, we said it. Here's what, the leader thing. one, turbo, Psykill. Come on. That, that's that's better stuff than Beast Wars. No, here's the but, thing I here's just, the thing just, I just don't mention Scooter. <laughs> no, no, he's he's dead to me. <laughs> here's the thing I really liked with Beast Wars was they took the original oh, unlike uh, unlike other versions, they took the original characters of of you know, the Transformers, and they went in a totally new, unique, different direction, whereas Armada and Prime and all that were just rehashes of the exact same thing that came before. The problem is the thing that came before was even better. Now, don't get me wrong. G1 Transformers would be like a 10 out of 10 for me. 
Beast Wars is probably like a six or a seven, and everything else is probably like a three or four out of ten for me. Uh, so Chuck, have you I told you, Ryan, it's, it's G one or go home. <laughs> <G1 or> <laughs> <laughs> no, man, look the G one, the G the G one stuff was great, and and you grew up with it. And I'll tell you the truth, I I started watching the Beast Wars. I think almost after the fact, they might have already gone through their run or were close to the end of the run, and I started picking it up on accident. Uh, yeah, kind of by accident. accident. Yeah. It, it was it was something that was on. I was watching. And I was like, oh, you know what? This isn't as bad as I thought because what got me was the was that was when computer generated cartoon shows started to become the hot thing, and not all of them, you know, really okay. kind of caught my caught my attention. So, but this one I was like, oh, you know what? This is animated all right. It's not too bad. And as the seasons got on, the generate the computer generated graphics became better, and they started to tie into the fact that they were on Earth yep. before. Uh, the the original G one guys came came online, so they were the prehistoric Earth, and the G one characters, Optimus, Megatron, all those guys were stuck in the mountain already. Yeah, like they were there. Yep, and they came across it, so they started to tie in the thread that wow, so these these uh, Predacons and Maximals are from the future timeline of the Transformers that I'd already been watching. Yep. And then to see like Optimus and Megatron, they go into the arc at one point. You see all the original G1 guys sp- sprawled out just like you saw them on the first episode of the Transformers cartoons from the 80s. And I was like, ah, oh, man, this 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 cartoon hooked me. Um, they got me. Um, it's, one, I'm theirs. One episode and one commercial. That's all I saw. Oh, I saw it one Saturday, it. and the next week I watched the first commercial, and after that I was like, nah, forget this. Rainbow Bright's got to be on somewhere. Wow. Uh, you you didn't get a chance. Give the holograms or something. Give me that. <laughs> oh. We are the misfits or something, something. <laughs> that's all That's all on Hub now, I think. <laughs> I know. Oh, I've watched I a couple episodes. Hub. I'll admit it. I've watched a couple episodes on the Hub. Yeah. Who does it, man? As well as those we watch those. What I'm waiting for them to bring out are like uh the visionaries and the centurions back. Oh, oh that's, that's good awesome. stuff. Yeah. And you can buy oh, the, the mighty orbots, dude. Movie. You gotta have that on there. The mighty orbots. I love the mighty orbots. I couldn't tell you one thing about it, dude. I just remember the the way the robot looked. That's all I remember. And I'll tell I'll tell you what, here's here's why I didn't like I thought the GoBots were okay. Their cartoon was good. You know, it was fine. It was kind of like the Transformers. And when you're a kid, you're just watching cartoons because they're awesome. I didn't much care for the GoBots because when they transformed into their vehicle modes, they did not hide their faces. Yeah, they still had their faces. Yeah. Yeah. Their their faces were underneath or incorporated in the vehicle somehow. I was like, that's that's the Transformers hide faces. That's what I like. I want a little realism in my cartoons and, and toys. Well, as a kid, I knew I wanted to look real. I remember for whatever whatever reason, uh, someone had given me a, a leader one and a sidekill, and I looked at it, and I was like, what the hell is this? Yeah. It's like, was this, did, did Dad's making me Transformers out of a shoebox again? What the hell is this? Leader one, leader one was the only one that hit his face, because his face... His face was uh, under the cone. It was under the cone. So when you flip the cone up and in the, it, it, you saw the back of his head, which was okay, that's whatever it is. But all the other ones, you could well, see their faces. Well, I will we tell you. I refer to it as ghetto transformers in my house. There, there, yes. was, there was one other cool GoBot, because I know because I had him, and he did hide his face, and that was Turbo One, which was the red car. He tra- yeah. the only one I had too. He transformed yeah. very similar to the tra- the small transformers, and he did hide his face. It flipped underneath. So all I'm saying is that Beast Wars is not mask, and that's all I'm saying. 
That's oh, it. Yeah, that was another one. I loved. I mean, I had some of those toys. <laughs> so we, misty for the for the past. All right. So we we hit our toys. We hit our cartoons, but we didn't really get to probably was for me was a pivotal point as far as Transformers was, and that was the animated movie. Yeah. I got to go yeah. see Transformers on the big screen. Are you kidding me? That was awesome. Yeah. And my Transformers, not this Bayformers and stuff. Yep. <laughs> we'll get into that in one minute. But how cool was that? And you got to see him swear. <laughs> Even yeah. though I thought Rodimus was a punk. But, uh, <laughs> oh, my God, it was cool stuff. I will tell you the yeah. greatest scene out of my entire childhood is where Optimus Prime decides he needs to step in and take on the Decepticons, and you hear the touch. You got the touch! You got the power! Yeah! And he goes launching in the air, takes out two or three of them, and then stands in front of Megatron and says, one shall stand, one shall fall. And it's it's the greatest thing in the world because he fell. Oh, yeah. Megatron kicked his ass. No, and why why did he fall? Because that punk Rodimus jumped. Yes. <laughs> Chuck, oh come Chuck. on, we were all, we were all young robots at one point. Who wouldn't have jumped in there? Come on, Chuck come told on, him he's like, mind your business, mind your business. Chuck remembers it incorrectly. He constantly tells me that's because Megatron kicked. Optimus Prime's butt, and I said, no, we watched the movie, we did a movie commentary on it together, and we watched the scene where Optimus Prime was beating Megatron down, and it was because of Hot Rod that Megatron even got a shot in. Yeah, All right. I remember was Prime was down on his hands and knees, Megatron blew his head off or something. No. No. And, and they all left victorious. The Decepticons left victorious. No, I come down on Ryan's side, I seem to remember something about Megatron Begging for mercy? Yes. I think that's what he said. Yes. And he said, you, Megatron, begging for mercy. And then Hot Rod I jumped in. I think that in, was a trick. And it was because it was a trick. And he and, Meg, and Hot Rod jumped in, and Megatron blasted Optimus. And then Optimus, when, he, when Megatron was standing over him and about to shoot him in the head, Optimus, Fatal. in a great feat of strength, took both fists and nailed Megatron, flew him over the edge, and Megatron was lying there. Megatron got one good shot in. Now, granted, that's all that ended up counting, but... That's the one that killed him. But Megatron also, if you remember right, Megatron was going to die also if it wasn't for Unicron. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, he, he was, he's Galvatron now. Right. Well, in the movie. Right. Yeah, in the movie. That's one thing that messed me up later on. Yeah, <laughs> thank you, Leonard Nimoy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... I'm, I'm guessing from the consensus, we all thoroughly enjoyed the animated movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, it was great. Yeah. Now, the only, oh, yeah. only, the only real question with that remains is how many different versions do you have? How many copies of it do you have? <laughs> In my life, I think uh, I'm two copies, so. Yeah, I have two. <clears throat> VHS I, and DVD? Yes. I, no, think, uh, I, I have two now. I have DVD, uh, like an anniversary edition DVD, and Blu-ray. Okay. I have... I have two copies on DVD, and they're kind of different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I have the I, I VHS, have... the DVD, the, uh, like I was saying, the anniversary DVD that they put out, and the Blu-ray. And I don't even have a Blu-ray player. 
That's yeah, for the future. Just playing the, the odds, baby. Yeah, I need to correct mine. I actually did have three versions. I had the VHS, I had the DVD, and then I got the anniversary DVD, but I have yet to get the Blu-ray yet. So I was so freaked out when that thing came out on VHS, I made a recording of it. And we watched the rec- we- recording. Yeah, we watched the copy of it. That's the only thing anybody was allowed to watch. <laughs> Dad, can I watch the Transformers? You can watch the uh, the VHS copy. Like, okay, copy. yay! And they go and grab it. I'm like, no, the copy. You know, the one that says Scotch. <laughs> yeah, that's the one the you get copy. to watch. Oh, Dad! Same thing as Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the, uh, the I mean the animation in that movie was great. The voice was the voices were great, which was kind of which was kind of weird because when they came back from that from that movie into the next season of the show, a lot of the voices were similar but definitely different. Yeah, especially yeah. Galvatron. Galvatron was was different than the Leonard Nimoy voice. Right. Definitely. Yeah, they lost um, me at that point. And uh, I you know it started like right before that movie came out. I still like Transformers, but and I would watch the shows, and I'm starting to. Th- that's that kind of age where you're starting to wane in interest. And then the movie yeah. comes out, and it's like, oh man, it just nailed me again all over. It, it was like watching the first five episodes all over again. Where they lost me though is when there was an episode after the fact when you're talking Galvatron and you're talking Rodimus, where Cyclonus takes Galvatron to this planet so they can heal Galvatron's mind. They stitch his mind to the planet, and he makes the planet go crazy. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I think that's going to about do it for me. Yeah, I'm out. I think there's girl and cheerleader outfits outside. <laughs> that's what got me, buddy. Don't tell me it's one of those that it didn't strike you as realistic. No, I mean, because, you know, the planet wouldn't have gone crazy that fast. It would have definitely taken a couple of more days. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn hates that stuff. Oh, my God. Uh. <laughs> I mean, but, I, don't, you know, really, that's not the kind of stuff that a, a Cybertronian would wear. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, because you were there on Cybertron when they were picking out their clothing. Yeah, four million years ago, I was there. So you still want to take a crowbar and bludgeon somebody like the Joker. You want to talk about bludgeoning somebody. When the live-action Transformers movie came out, I was ready to bludgeon some people. <laughs> All right. Now, to be but, fair – hold on. I know where you're going, so hold on. To be fair, the first movie that I saw – the first, well, the first one that came out anyway – I, I, I went nuts. I was like, are you kidding me? They destroyed my childhood. They raped it. You know, they, they killed me, you know, whatever, whatever. And then afterward, like when the second movie came out, I was like, you know what? I think I'm overdoing this. So I saw the second one. I saw the first one again, and I'm like, you know what? It was a good movie. It wasn't a tra- It wasn't Transformers and anything other than it was Optimus Prime's voice, and they were cars that transformed, and they were robots that transformed into stuff. Outside of that, it was just you know all up in the air. It wasn't anything to do with that. So I, I enjoyed it for that and moved on. And I think that's the same way I was with all the, all three of them at that point. But they, that wasn't a Transformers movie. No, it's it's. Have you ever seen the picture? There's a picture out there of Devastator made in almost real life, where he's made out of construction vehicles and he's standing in a real life setting. It, that's how Transformers should have looked. It looked like the original G1 Devastator, but it looked realistic. It looked like realistic construction vehicles. Minus now, the scrotum. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, now, for me, the the first Transformers movie I thought was decent. The more I thought about like at first when I first saw it, of course, I came out of the theater going, oh, my God, that was awesome. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, 
it's not the Transformers I wanted. And then the second movie I thought was a complete train wreck. And I really only went and saw the third movie out of dedication to our show. And I went and saw it and I actually really, really liked the third one because I think at that point, like you were talking about X where I think I became kind of numb to the changes that they made that I wasn't happy with. So by the time the third movie came, those changes were still there and I was just numb to them. So I actually let myself enjoy the movie then. Yeah. Just, just between us, nobody else is actually listening to this. So, um, <laughs> I actually saw the third movie last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. I thought uh, I was the last guy to see it. I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean, we sh- I should have seen it when it came out, but uh, last year Glenn actually did a solo review of Transformers for the Real Deal podcast that we have that do comic book movies and stuff like that. <laughs> and I probably should have seen it beforehand, but I just – I really couldn't bring myself to watch it. Um, and then, like, my son was, like, begging me. He's like, Dad, Dad, can we see it? Can we see it? And I'm like – yeah, let's go ahead and watch it. So I, because the Transformers, was, the book was coming out, and I've been like going crazy reading everything Transformers comic wise that I could get my hands on. I was like, yeah, let's see the movie. I, I was I was prepped, and it was it was. You have to mentally prep yourself for this, and I did, but I think I think more my mental prep came from the fact that uh, Megan Fox wasn't in the movie. Yeah. I, I didn't. Re- I didn't. Glenn had told me that, and I'd known that, but I'd forgot all about it. And then I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, "Who is this?" <laughs> oh, but that girl was so hot, hot, though. But she was blonde. You know, yeah. blondes do nothing for me. <laughs> oh, really? No, I'm not. I, I like dark-haired women, man. Oh, okay. I, I like women. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. You know, some of us, some of us are a little choosy. Some of us will take whatever we can grab. That's good. Yeah. Yikes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to disagree with that. <laughs> I will say one of, <laughs> one of the things that was a nice little touch, I, I thought, in the third movie was that they did get Leonard Nimoy, going back to the original animated movie, they did get Leonard Nimoy to do a voice of one of the characters who, in the end, ended up, spoiler, in the end, he ended up being a bad guy. So. Yeah. If they haven't seen it by this point, then it's <laughs> Yeah, I, I guess I'm the only one in the camp who liked all three of them. I, I thought it was great. Giant robots running around, ripping each other to pieces, tearing up cities. I liked all three of them. They were entertaining, but you had I had to let go of my Transformers pedigree at that point and just yeah, see, watch I'm, the movie. I'm, I'm with you. I liked, I liked all three. I liked probably the second one a little less than the others, only because uh, it, it kind of came it came on the heels of the writer strike that that particular year and even yeah, bay right. has come out more recently saying that they did rush it and they screwed it up and it felt a little disjointed and it, it, it felt rushed and then those the two the two ghetto bots didn't really no yeah i didn't like no. those guys yeah they yeah. it didn't really it just well, didn't make sense skid. to me that two yeah it did it didn't make sense that two alien robots would be you know, soul brothers from the ghettos of 1970. Not even, yeah. not even more recent. You know, guys. Yeah, I don't yeah, really real. care for the two little ones in, in the third movie either. Uh, the the only ones on the ones. couch. The only thing, uh, yeah, they, they really do the only thing I like. Those were hilarious. <laughs> the yeah, they were hysterical. I liked about those little guys was that they sacrificed themselves for the greater good in the end. Yeah, yeah, that they were noble. I'll give them that. Yeah. 
you know, and seeing and seeing the stuff leading up to the movie, I knew I knew it wasn't going to be my Transformers from when I was a kid. You could see it right off the bat in the in the right, right. animations and the pictures of the robots. I'm like, they don't look. They've got a lot of exposed parts, and I know Bay was going to. It was all into the fact that you can see the moving parts, which was cool. You know, it's like, well, if you're going to do it that way, you might as well make it as realistic as possible and really like add that flavor to it. Um, the only thing I didn't really care for the third one and. In retrospect, as as I've seen it a second time and and just really thought about it, is um, Sam Witwicky, the Shia LaBeouf character. Mm-hmm. That dude was that dude was on smack and crack and speed all at the same <laughs> time. Like the guy, he was so frenetic. Yeah, and and I was just, I'm like, why why is he like this? Yeah, like it doesn't make like you going on a job interview and and you're acting like this. I would have been like, you know, like I didn't hire a kid once because he came into a job interview wearing pajama pants yeah you know nice. for a part-time seasonal job for a retail gig and i'm like if, if someone like this showed up in front of me i was like you know what dude i think i think we're good because i'm not feeling safe with you right now <laughs> yeah but other i mean other than that the wiki or the pajama pants kid I, between the two, I would have hired the pajama pants kid. Ouch! Because that kid was too lazy to do anything. I, the wiki, I think, would have jumped up and freaked out or something. Like he would have, would have bugged out and strangled somebody. I, I don't know, but <laughs> you know, the the they had a, a little bit more um, sustainable storyline as far as as far as the third one goes versus the second one you know the first one was really cool because again in all three of them you're talking about giant robots i remember i I talked to somebody they're like oh it was it was too loud like too loud it's giant robots blowing stuff up (laughs) you want it to be quiet how how do you think it would sound in real life (laughs) yeah yeah no kidding so i I don't know but you know like i said the second one was was not was not my favorite um so you know i would go first third then second and like the second one would be like a far second yeah but they had that i mean they had some really cool stuff the only thing i didn't understand was and in even reading some of the comic books, uh, because sometimes the, the the comics were used to tell prequel stories and and fill in stories, so you kind of figured out where your characters and the movies were coming from or where they'd gone. Uh, I didn't understand Megatron had like damage to his head and face and all that. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know where that came from because at the end of the second one he wasn't like that, so that must have happened in between somewhere, and nothing ever really explained it. Well, and tied into that, the thing that I didn't like in the third one that didn't make sense to me is exactly tied into what you were saying, which is Megatron was damaged. And then he had these little bug like robots that I thought were fixing him, Mm -hmm. but then he treated them like they were pests. So I was like, so now we have transformer robot bugs on our planet that like, I don't get it. Insecticons. Are they fixing them or are they like parasites? I thought he treated them like they were parasites, but when I first saw them, I thought they were fixing them. But he treated them like they were parasites. So, right, right, almost like they were like robo maggots eating away at the yeah damaged flesh. But I, and then he had some of the little the little like that was the thing. Like the second one brought out the the I guess their younglings where they were trying to get the energon to yeah formatting them. Yeah. Like so that's that storyline kind of came out of left field in the second one. Then they showed him again a little bit in the third and then they never really went back to it. No. So it was like uh, you know like Bay Bay's graded the the big stuff and yeah, explosions. Yeah, the big battles, and, yeah. 
the, the you know, and he's done some great some great movies, but I, I don't know if he needs a better editor or someone that can say, "Hey, listen, you need to like this just doesn't make sense, dude. Where, why introduce this story element if it's not going to go anywhere?" Well, like, no because that was kind of intriguing. Like, you know, yeah. that that would have been kind of intriguing to introduce like a new batch of Transformers that they were trying to grow or create or whatever, but it just never went anywhere. Yeah. Well, I know the thing that pained me the most with it was. I watched a lot of the like I think YouTube had some like clips when they were making the first one and I'm I'm watching the creators, the writers and, and producers and everything else, and they're talking about how they were such fans of the cartoon and they grew up with this property and they wanted to make sure they did this movie right, and then this is what I got. And I'm thinking Right. I'm watch I'm already watching a movie and like you mentioned how they wanted to show all the parts and everything else, but I'm thinking I'm already watching a movie about aliens from another world who can transform into cars and are giant robots, I think I can suspend disbelief and not have, I don't need all the parts to fit into each other and make sense. I'm already in a fantasy world at this point. Right. Right. Or at the very least you show it once or twice and then you don't really have to go. Like every time they transformed, it was a slow-mo focusing from feet from, from, from the head to the toe spinning around the body, seeing all the parts, and like, what does that take, 10 seconds, 5, 10 seconds? Yeah. And you do that uh, 30, 40, 50 times in the movie, you're talking, you've lost five minutes yeah. of movie time watching these guys transform. It's like, dude, I just saw them transform. I don't need to see the little wheels tuck in behind under his hips. Yeah. Which I, I, think, seen it. I think that's what they did better in the third movie, because in the third movie, you saw that quick transform. They didn't, they didn't right. spend a lot of time with it. Right, exactly. Yeah, those fifteen-minute transformations did kind of wear on you a little bit. You know, it it almost reminded me of from from the, I think it was either Armada or Energon. Whenever they would transform, they'd be like transform, and then like all the speed lines come off them, and then you see them this part move and this part move, and the arms come out, and and it, it, in the cartoon, it takes like three minutes for this guy to transform. <laughs> like you're telling me your enemy is standing there watching all this, and he's not going to take a shot at you while you're in the middle of transformation, right? It's not. It's not the old school transformers where these guys are driving. They go and they're and they go from car to feet, running down the street, and they're done. Yeah, yeah that's probably the biggest disappointment in the movie is that we're used to watching them go and then that was it. And then in the movie, it's like and there's like six more times. I'm like, hello. Yeah. They did I don't think it took Unicron that long to transform. Good they, lord. They did put that sound effect in the third movie also, which I thought was a nice little touch also. Yeah. Yeah, and it was it was in the first one. You you see the uh the giant helicopter that uh um, Oh that's right, yeah. Blackout or whatever his name yeah. was. You start to you, you hear the gears turning and then halfway through you hear the Yeah, and then they I go back like, to oh, the all right. I'm like, man, come on, dude. <laughs> all right. So let's call that and then let's take like a like a five minute recess. I got to reset here, and then we'll kick off and get the uh, geek side done. Cool. Smoke them if you got them. <laughs> uh, if or, if Noob was here, he would have already been smoking. cigarettes, cigarettes, cigarettes. I mean cigarettes. <laughs> oh, that would make for a much more interesting podcast. Oh, <laughs> it's a good thing I'm not recording right now. <laughs> I am. It's like, man, you know what <laughs> I loved about the Transformers. Is you find the right one and you can turn him into a serious bong, man. <laughs> I'm re- I'm recording, but it it's all it's all good on our show. So <laughs> you put your weed in there.
It's like, you know, Mixmaster was the best one. Because <laughs> he could mix it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it's just something about hearing uh, uh, Soundwave say, all talk, no shock, that just kind of put me out. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was the other that was the one thing from the the last Transformer movie was uh the third one was that they made Shockwave out to be like he was going to be the big bad yeah. of the movie and you saw him like twice. Yeah. Two or two or three times and now th- that coil thing was that something that he drove? Yeah, or? it was like he controlled it and uh that was the kind of kind of one of the things I liked that they did do was because shockwaves name made a lot more sense to me then. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I would just want to love to have seen him more. I thought he, I thought you were going to see him a lot. Yeah, I did too. What was your favorite battle of the transformers movies? Uh, From the live action ones or the, yeah, yeah. Mine was like when, when prime was fighting the Decepticons in the forest in like the second movie, I think it was. Yeah. Yeah. That was, yeah, that that was, that was a pretty great scene. Yeah. I like I like when Megan Fox and Bumblebee were cleaning house. <laughs> <laughs> I like when Megan Fox was Yeah, Megan Fox. Yeah. <laughs> I like when Megan Fox was fixing Bumblebee's engine. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. Megan Fox. <laughs> Bat- Battle-wise I liked when uh, Optimus Prime chopped off Megatron's head with one arm. Yeah, that was that that third movie had a lot of great action in it. Yeah. That's that was yeah, but again, it was it was action that seemed to that the developed in the story, like it made yeah. sense, not just action for the sake of yeah, like just things were happening. And, and the second one, just things were happening. Like they introduced Skyfire, Jetfire as a as a stealth. Yeah, it was like some old timer, and then he fell apart. I was like, oh my god, Skyfire was always like the best, one of the coolest ones. Yeah, when I saw was he in supposed the to be a prime in that too, or no, sure I don't think he was. was. He wasn't a prime. No. He was just an old timer. But they, um, the thing with uh, Skyfire that I didn't like that they did was, I, at least this is how I saw him, when he transformed and talked and was hobbling around, he looked like a robotic version of Pirates of the Caribbean. It was, yeah, yeah. I love that. I was like, are they trying I thought to? <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ape Vigoda. No. <laughs> no, I would have liked that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he looked like Davy Jones. Right. The thing's all yeah. All hanging from his from yeah. his face and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like his beard. Yeah. The uh, uh, now the one the one thing I remember in the in the first movie that I didn't like was other than Optimus Prime, the other robots pretty much didn't have much of a personality except for Jazz, and then they killed Jazz. Yeah, yeah I couldn't like they just just ripped him in half. Yeah, right? like real like un, unceremoniously too, just boop, yeah. and then that was it. Yeah. Well, FYI, was, I got that uh, Devastator picture and emailed it to everybody. Nice. Yeah, I saw that man. That nice. looked that looked awesome. Yeah. yeah, that was a, that was something even from the animated movie that that all of a sudden just kind of struck me as like, well, I, I don't I don't understand because for for two seasons before that, these guys were shooting each other, smashing each other, and and you came away a couple of them came away with some some repairs that need to be done, but in the movie you get hit by their laser weapons, now they're just like exploding all over the place. Yeah. I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. I've seen Braun take that shot from Megatron hundreds of times, and this is the time that he that he gets killed by it? Yeah. What? <laughs> that was that was, that was scene that's that scene kind of that, that was the most jarring one for me as, as a kid is like because uh, it was all the Transformers that I grew up really liking, yep. Prowl, yeah. and Ironhide, Ironhide yep. all the Dead. 
and they just get killed and you're like oh yeah. my god i loved him he was my favorite which i think was I part, part of the mistake and why the the series went downhill was everyone loved adding more transformers but no one wanted to see their favorite get killed and no longer on the tv show anymore sure as long as Absolutely. they didn't kill bumblebee i didn't care <laughs> yeah you know Black and then them all they you get it you get into autobot city and that's where you see uh uh, Wheeljack, Liner, Dick. Wheeljack, and, and who's, the, who's the, the the little guy that used to be able to project the force field? Was that Charger? Uh, oh, Mirage. The, there was, um, oh, I know who you're talking about with the force field. He It was uh, Trailbreaker. No, no, trail, yeah, Trailbreaker, no. he was a, like a black SUV. This guy was like yeah. a little silver and red car. Windcharger? Wind Charger, that's who it was. He was dead next to Wheeljack, and you're like, oh, man, him too. Like, Wheeljack was cool as shit. Yeah. You're going to kill him? What was the oh. one that used to sound like Merman? <laughs> oh. uh, Wasn't there one uh, like Sea Spray or something? Yeah, like? yeah, yeah. Spray, yeah. Spray. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was a hovercraft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was a mistake. <laughs> yeah, that was one, that was one I liked the Transformer. I didn't like the gurgling. That did yeah. not work. I was going to say, that was one of my favorite Transformers I had as a kid, but I didn't like the character in the cartoon. Uh, I think that's got something to do with my hate for Merman, too. <laughs> that was like... Uh, oh, and Aquaman, Aquaman He-Man, uh, Aquaman kicks his ass. That's it. What? <laughs> that's it. We don't even uh, need to discuss it. That's just... Oh, uh, we're done here. <laughs> <laughs> I was like I was like Cosmos, the little flying saucer. He had a oh, Russian accent. Oh, he was accent. cool as hell, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were all they were all cool, man. They were he they had, were all. He had a little bit part in the uh, like toward the tail end of when they before they uh, mothballed the uh, the current ongoing. He had this little yeah. doohickey in space, man. He was he yeah. was doing it. Yeah, I like what am I, uh, out of those small ones. I also had. I wish they had used more often was Beachcomber. He was a little dune bug. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I remember that, dude. Well, it's like once I'm like, I don't know who that is. And you're like, oh, wait, I know who that is. <laughs> That's good stuff. What's the one on the cartoon where his voice was uh, the guy who did the Micro Machines commercial, Don Machida? Oh, Blur. that's Blur. Blur, yeah. Blur, yeah. Gotta go, gotta go, gotta go. One of, my, one of my favorite episodes from the original cartoons was when Optimus and a few of the other Autobots masqueraded as the Stunticons. Oh, yeah. That was cool. And then, and then they actually formed Menasaur, yep. and, and Windcharger used this force field to hold them all together. Yep. <laughs> I was like, man, those cartoons were so good, man. Damn. I'll tell you what, though. When they when they put out that wheelie toy, I'm like, man, yeah. they're not even trying anymore. Come on. <laughs> they're not even trying. That was bad. I I his arm, he's the same thing. It's just his head flipped up, and his arms moved forward, and his yep. legs came out. I was like, come on. Yep. That's how it was. A little, for some of those little transform, though, man. Yeah, his arms just wheels popped out, his legs came down, and his head flipped up. That was it. But he was the shit. Yeah. <laughs> I digress. <laughs> yeah, that's why that's why I feel bad for kids today, man. They they just don't have good cartoons. Oh. Yeah, for for me it was it was my my grade school was three houses down. It was like a block away from my house. So come two thirty, two forty five, as soon as you could I, I used to run home with my brother in tow. We'd make it just in time for catching the beginning of Star Blazers. Oh, oh dude. Then we would watch Transor Z. Uh, and then it went into G.I. Joe, Transformers, because those came on at like three, three thirty, four o'clock, four thirty. He Man, all those all yep. those cartoons. 
I'm like, man, we, we'd race home, race home. Yeah, here I would get, I would catch the tail end of Masters of the Universe. Sometimes I'd catch the full episode. Then I'd get either Mask or Thundercats or something like that. And then it would be yeah. G.I. Joe, then Transformers. It was always G.I. Joe, then Transformers from four to five. And I watched yeah. that yeah. religiously. All I'm saying yeah, is Mask was the shit. That's all I'm saying. Oh, I love oh, Mask. Was great. I'm waiting. As soon as they put Mask out on DVD, man, I'm all over it. It's already oh, out. It's out. Dude. What? You're in, Amazon, you're in like old. You're, if you switch, Amazon, switch to an I automobile, come. dude. <laughs> if you go onto Amazon, they have it. It was originally like I think 80 or $90 for all 70 episodes. But now it's discounted down to like 45 bucks for all 70 episodes. Oh, and they, snap! And they, they're breaking it down seasons or something because there's another disc you can buy that just has like 12 or 20 episodes on it or something yeah. like that. But for 45 yeah. bucks to get all 70 episodes, I think it's the whole thing. Yeah, that's sure. a deal. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Mask the complete series. There you go. 63.49. Oh, yep. You probably uh, get that cheaper than that though. But yeah. And Dungeons and Dragons, the complete animated series, and Silverhawks Volume One. Yep. Silverhawks. That was a good show. Uh, yeah, my the the frequently bought Not together. Not like Black Star. Oh man, that was horrendous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Silverhawks too. Oh, they're yeah. all there. Yeah, you can get them. You just gotta That's get awesome. them. Gotta Don't get worry, them. we'll we'll pull our resources and we'll do some damage. <laughs> <clears throat> That's the only downside we have with Noob. Noob doesn't understand what cartoons were because he's like, and he's you know ancient. Yeah, he he was he was he. They didn't have television when he was when he was uh, an adult. Right. They've got uh they've got season one on. Hey noob, let's go watch that the shadow season on the radio. (laughs) (laughs) They've got they've got mask the first season on Amazon instant instant video. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Damn son, I need to become an Amazon Prime member then. (laughs) (laughs) All right. All right, let's knock this second one out, and then we can go chill. Oh, yeah, and Skype wants me to tell everybody to make sure that the recording this call is legal and that all parties agree with it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, believe it or not, I do actually record these. (laughs) All right. Anything you say can and will be used against you. (laughs) And you have to call me Mr. Mr. Stone. (laughs) Oh, crap. What does he say in that? And you can call me Mrs. Such-and-such. Yeah. God. I gotta go back and watch Caddyshack again. Alright. <clears throat> Mrs. Esterhouse. Mrs. Esterhouse, I said. Esterhouse, yeah. Hello, Mrs. Esterhouse. Alright. <clears throat> okay, here we go. Alright, if you're just joining us from the noobcast, we've been discussing Transformers leading up to our review of Transformers More Than Meets the Eye that just came out uh, January 11th. Um, uh, let's see, fellas, I think the next thing that we should look at covering should probably be comics related. How about the original comic book series from Marvel Comics? Oh, yeah. Now, I have to say one thing, though, before we get started with this. I have to kind of disqualify myself with this because, um, anything on that I've read, I've read recently. Um, I was not in the comics at the time. I started getting into comics back in 1992. So my first Marvel Transformers comic was the Gen 2 comic with Optimus on the cover that kind of split 
I don't know if that's gatefold or what, but it had the two pieces that folded over on top of each other, and then you could open Prime's face, and, and right. you didn't see anything. It was just like whatever the whatever the little doohickey they had on the inside. So that that's my basic experiences looking back and realizing there was like three hundred some episodes or episodes three hundred some issues in Marvel UK. Yeah, for Transformers on top of that. But uh, you know, talk to me about Marvel Comics first run with the Transformers. Well, it, it started off as a four part miniseries, and it uh, they say they say these days that they had full intention of turning it into a full series once the first issue was such a such a success. Um, who knows if that's actually what happened or not? But they did go four part miniseries that turned into an eighty issue run. Uh, in fact, the last issue said number 80 in a four-issue miniseries. And then it went to Transformers UK. Now, Transformers was uh, having a UK counterpart over there while the U.S. version was going on. They were releasing those, I want to say, I want to say we would receive issues monthly. They would get their issues twice a month. So yeah, there would be right. one issue in the U.S. and then there would be two issues in the UK, which split up the US edition plus extra stuff that the UK made. Now you can get those UK editions. They're starting to release trade paperbacks now, IDW is, of the UK uh, stories that were released only over there. Mm-hmm. I actually have a stack of them here. I have a nice family that lived over in England at the time, and I'm going through here. Now the great thing also that's coming up from IDW is – Free Comic Book Day is going to have issue number 80.5, which is going to pick up again where the original Marvel run left off, and it's supposed to run up to issue number 100. And it's going to have Simon Furman on it, who's a very well-known Transformers comic book writer, and um, trying to remember the artist's name. Uh, oh, it was on the tip of my tongue. Uh, Andrew Wildman mm-hmm. as the artist, and he was on the original Marvel run as well. Yeah, that original Marvel run, it also crossed over with other Marvel characters. You you would see, like, Spider-Man in those comics, too. Yep. Yeah. That would have been so awesome. There was a, one of the first issues, in fact, one of the early issues, I think it was maybe issue number three, you had Spider-Man appear, but you also had Nick Fury showing up, and he was hearing he was hearing about the Transformers, and well, he was hearing about giant robots in Oregon, and he said, if these turn out to be anything like that giant lizard we had to deal with, and he was obviously referring to Godzilla, which was also Marvel property at the time. So <laughs> there was a lot of different references yeah, some, to all these things. Some G.I. Joe in the Transformers Marvel comics, too. Yeah. Then they had to do the whole crossover with G.I. Joe versus Transformers. See, when I first started hearing about that, I was like, well, that's just silly. What, the, what would the two of them have anything to do with each other? And then I started thinking back. Well, that's how I used to play with my Transformers right. and my G.I. Joes anyway, so what the hell? Yep. And that's yeah, I, I thought the same thing. It would, it would be silly, and why would they put them in the same book? And then I actually, you know, years later read them, and they're not too bad. Yeah. That started a long tradition of doing crossovers with G.I. Joe and Transformers. In fact, IDW has already stated that they are planning a crossover between those two properties in the, I, I don't know if within this year, or but it's coming up soon. It's because Hasbro owns both properties sure. and they sell toys and just another venue, another vehicle to sell some more toys to some kids and to us collectors. Okay, and just uh, because we were we were talking about it, I'm looking at the Transformers 151 from Marvel UK. 
Uh, that has a cover date of February 6th, 1988. And then, um, 152 is the 13th, 153 is the 20th, and 154 is the 27th. Wow. So at some point there in there, they were like weekly. going weekly. And yeah. then I know like toward the very end of that run, they were like uh, biweekly or fortnightly or t- twice a month, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I think I do remember reading that in the, the first trade that I got out of the UK stuff that they did say it was so successful that they went weekly with it for a while. Mm-hmm. Hey, if it makes you money. Heck yeah. I got no problem with that. It gives me gives me a lot to sit down and read like backlog. Although I got a couple of holes I got to fill for that. I I get freaked out when I come. I'm reading like four issues and then I have like a missing one and then I have like six more and then I'm missing two. I'm like I, I start freaking out. I don't know what to do <laughs> at that point. Yeah, same here. I'm like an ant that the uh, the colony's line got disrupted. <laughs> Well, there's some also with that old Marvel run. There's a lot of uh, really cool iconic covers. Um, Transformers number five has that shockwave on the cover with uh, all are dead on, you know, carved on the wall there. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. a pretty sweet looking one. Well, wasn't yeah. there like the ones that there there was like originally the ones they had for Marvel proper? A lot of those covers got. Not you know copied, but like they did takeoffs on those covers several times on the U- on the Marvel UK oh, yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, many times. Awesome. See, it was neat because some of the some of the Marvel UK stuff when you see the characters drawn, they're actually drawn more like the toys were. Yep. Than than not. So the Mirage. I remember one of the ones that I read because they incorporated the story into two issues of the. Um, regular marvel run which was the man of iron story it was like a two it was a two issue story uh they showed mirage and a couple of the other of the other bots and they they all transformed as robots looked just like their toys so that was kind of cool i was like oh that's weird that they're drawing them like the toys as opposed to just putting their artistic spin on them and making them look like robots but they uh that's how they they tied them in pretty decently to the toy line that way yeah so now, this this is one thing that I would be interested in getting your guys' take on. Do you think that the comics themselves had an impact, and how big an impact do you think they had on the Transformers having the longevity that it has right now? I, I think it had a huge impact on it um, because it was such a su- successful comic book, and it you know obviously back then especially the comics were a vehicle to sell the toys. So if you had the toys, a lot of people were also reading the comic to get the stories and watching the cartoon. I think it was really like all three working together, which you don't really see too much these days, um, to actually sell the, sell the product, uh, or sell each other, really. Yeah, the Transformers yeah, and the... No, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say is the Transformers and the G.I. Joes had a very unique opportunity because you had the cartoons, which in, in retrospect or the critics will always say is like, oh, well, those cartoons were just 30 minute commercials for the toys. It's like, hey, but you know what? They told really great stories in those cartoons. So yeah. it's not it wasn't just a commercial. They, they actually did good stuff. But you had the, the commercials, which were definitely promoting the toys and the toys that would promote the commercials. And then they would incorporate they actually used to do commercials for the comics. Yep during the show and even uh, tagging on to commercials for the toys. So you had like a three-way marketing scheme going that 
once the cartoons started to lose their lose their appeal or whatever, it started to decline, and the toys maybe started fading out a little bit because the kids were getting a little older. The the comics were it was much easier to tell these grandiose type stories because it's a comic book. You don't have to pay to animate it. That's that you ju- you just have a dude drawing it. Yep. So you could tell these great big stories and introduce all kinds of characters and do whatever you really wanted to do. And that was the other thing is the comics were separate from the cartoon. So characters were different. The the human the human counterparts like you really only saw Spike and his dad. Actually, you didn't even see Spike. It was um, until much Buster. later. It was Buster. Yeah, Buster. Yeah, it was Buster and his dad. You only saw them for maybe the first ten or twelve issues, and then they were gone. Yep. And Spike, and then Spike gets introduced a lot later on. Right, and that was only because of the popularity of the cartoon. So, yeah, yeah. So what was, I was uh, going to say was, uh, I think the comic books kind of held the it had held it all together, the fandom together to make it what it is now today for both you know Transformers and for GI Joe, so to say, <laughs> because the cartoons were over. At a certain point, and they're not really making toys, but you, like you said, you always have the comic books, and and that's what the fans of that franchise would hold on to until a new cartoon came out, a new you know adaptation of that property came out, whether it was toys or cartoons. You, you kind of always had those stories to go back and read to kind of keep the fandom alive. Right. I think it was just like a really small window of opportunity only a certain number of these properties really even got even a, just a piece of what was going on with that because i know like i said about mask a bunch of times and they had mask toys and they there was a mask comic for a little while but i mean it just it never grabbed a hold of the conscious of everybody like transformers or gi joe or um you know there's 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 you know, Masters of the Universe and that kind of stuff. There was only there was so many toys and cartoons and things that when we look back, that you know it's like, oh, do you remember these or oh, do you remember those and and that kind of stuff. But not all of them were able to survive and evolve like Transformers, like GI Joe, like yeah. Masters of the Universe and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, it, it took something special, and I think they had their own little twist, they had their own little hook, but it was really power of as far as the comics end was concerned power of storytelling and then just like the coolness factor of the toys themselves yeah you know the, the cartoons and everything didn't hurt they only helped but i think between the comic and or the toys they had to stand alone for the rest of it to be able to fall in place and last as long as it have has and like you were so you know the, th- the uh the stories if you look at those first early issues of the transformers comic the art was really wasn't that great back then Mm-hmm. Um, it, there was coloring mistakes. There was, you know, the art was kind of a little bit sloppy. It got better later on, but those first, that first four part miniseries, the art was pretty rough, but the story was really compelling. Thank you. Yeah, it was great because then the uh, most recent, the one shot, the Death of Optimus Prime that IDW just put out, they did a redo of that first Transformers cover from Marvel. Yep. And yeah. It looked fantastic. I was just like, "Oh man, that takes me way back." Yeah. No, well, don't jump ahead. Don't jump ahead. We'll get we'll get to <laughs> we'll get to prime. Well, but, yeah, like we were saying with the, with the comic books, you had you know, like you said, the Marvel stuff, and then there's obviously other companies that put out Transformer comic books while they had the license, <laughs> and and that plus the love of the fandom, like you said, kept those big three properties alive. 
G.I. Joe Transformers and Masters of the Universe, whereas some of the other properties that we had as kids of the 80s, you know, the Mass, the Centurions, the you know, GoBots, whatever, they, they might not have had that other you know vehicle to keep it going, to keep it driving. They might have had some miniseries like Mask. We know Mask had a, a couple of comic books come out, you know, a four-parter here or you know, a, another – but n- nothing, nothing like Transformers, nothing like G.I. Joe – those were the two bigger ones, yeah, and you could throw Masters in there too. They they had comic books with you know, it's just those three for some reason. The the, the everybody everybody loved those three, and it's just everything else after that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, let's see, it's it's worth pointing out that uh, DC Comics, uh, since we were talking about Mask, uh, specifically DC Comics would reprint. Um, some of the issues from a UK company called Fleetway, and that's where we got the um, the mask title. But I mean, that, that itself, they they had about eighty issues. I mean, so they had the the mask thing had a good little run in and of itself. Yeah, they over in the UK. That's one thing Chuck and I have found out with doing our show is over in the UK they took a property and they ran with it for a lot longer than we ever did as far as comic books went. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, as Americans, we're so jaded as it is anyway. Right. Yeah, you know, entertain me. Right. Yeah, that's and that's and that's true of a lot of different properties. Even completely off kind of the rails here, um, the Smurfs are still huge. <laughs> sure. I mean, yeah, you you might you might laugh, but they're huge yeah, don't laugh. over. They're huge. Yeah, they are huge over in Europe, and they've been that way for fifty. I think almost fifty years. Fifty uh, plus even longer than that. Yeah. Where where it's been here, it was a, a couple of years and a couple of seasons of cartoons and some little toys and stuff like that. But over, I mean, the, the Smurfs are for, to Europe what Hello Kitty is to Japan, mm-hmm. and exactly. it's like part of their part of their culture and like that's their thing. So for us, it's like oh yeah, whatever, and, and we move past so many things that. You know, not not to sound negative about it, but we almost, as fans, get taken advantage of as we get older by people that rec- recognize the fact that you know what this was great back in the day. And I bet you, if I release it just the right way, I will get not only some new some new kids that will like it, but I'm going to get all those old geeks that loved this back in the day are going right. to buy the hell out of this. Uh, like well, honestly, yeah, dude, if they if they re-release full circle, yeah, yeah, if they re-release the USS flag today for like three hundred bucks, I'd buy it. I'd buy it. Yeah, because that's one that I always wanted and I never got, and now I'm old yeah. enough where I can afford it myself. I think all I think uh, Fortress Maximus was a hundred dollars, a two foot or two foot two and a half foot toy. It was a hundred bucks. They probably release that now for two hundred and fifty bucks, and you can't tell me and that you can't tell me that that would not sell out. Well, yeah, same thing with uh, Maddie Collector. Mattel is doing the Masters of the Universe figures, and people are crying that they want a Castle Grayskull. But Mattel's come out and said it would cost between two and three hundred dollars, and people are. On forums and on boards, going, yeah, give it to me, I'll pay it. Ooh, how yeah. cool would it be to get Eagle Moss Transformers? That would be awesome. That would be cool. Yeah, I would love that. That, that would, would be, go broke. That, yeah, well, no, never mind. I never forget I said that. I, I don't, I don't yeah. know. No, no, we got to start the petition <laughs> no. now, son. No, I'm gonna, I'm gonna delete this from the show. Forget that. Then I'm going. Well, yeah, Eagle Moss Transformers, cool. Eagle Moss GI Joe. Yeah, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it to yourself. <laughs> Dude, you get the, you, you get the Eagle Moss Eagle mask, Eagle Moss mask, where you can take the little helmets on and off on top of it. 
Dude, don't play games with my emotions, all right? Yeah. Oh, sweet. Now, okay, now so X, not to... Now I just need more skeleton. <laughs> now, X, not to play with your emotions, but uh, Chuck and I read and reviewed a comic book that came out from New York Comic Con that was produced by Hasbro that had a bunch of different properties in there as in like a comic book form with just like little snippets of each one. And one of them was Mask. So we're wondering if Mask could possibly come back as a comic book again. I, yes. I mean, what, what, what do I care? I already spend, I already dropped like 300 plus a month anyway, so I'm screwed. <laughs> but it's going to be a comic book. There might be a toy again and maybe a cartoon again. Who knows? As long as I can get that helicopter, dude, that's all I'm worried about. <laughs> uh, Give me the little it. cycle, dude. I still have it. I have it right like, here. It's over there. Condor. Uh, Hell yeah. With oh, the dude like and his mask that... intact. Thank you much. <laughs> no, I thought you meant the helicopter like Miles Mayhem's helicopter. No, 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 no. no. I, mean yeah. the, I mean the dude in the green cycle. Yeah. Oh, When you said the cycle, I thought you meant the stiletto one, the uh, the bad guy one. Oh, yeah, no. Piranha. No. Yeah. Yeah. And it's okay to talk about Mask because Mask was inspired from Transformers, so. Exactly. Oh, it's yeah. the offshoot cousin. Yep. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. Yeah, the, you know, Marvel, Marvel too, to, before we move on to the Dreamwave stuff, um, Marvel also did a couple of uh, Transformer Universe issues where they would kind of, uh, it was like a handbook for them, I guess, yeah. at that time, where, they, where you had the files on, you'd see the, the Transformer and his transformation and, and a bio on what he was all yeah. about. Yep, I Which was cool, man, because... As a fan, like you, you wanted that stuff. You just wanted to learn as much as you could about these awesome characters. Yeah. Um, and it was just, uh, it was neat. And the and the car and the cartoons. The I'm sorry, the uh, comic books. They were able to get into the headmasters and the power masters yep. and the target masters. And they even did the action masters, where they were just straight up action figures. Yep. Uh, right. right. The action the figures. Of- yeah, the action figures also did that on the back of the packaging. You got a little bit of a. A demo, and you could see their or bio. I'm sorry, and then you could see their power rankings with that little red cellophane piece of. You just put ah, it up against the, and you could see was, who was the smartest and who was the strongest. And yeah, right, right. Yeah, that was. I used the to best. cut those out and keep those as kids. Yep, and I, I have those. Uh, the Marvel, uh, and this might be a good segue for us, but I have the Marvel universe, uh, the Transformers universe, which was a nice. I think it was a four parter. Uh, which had all the profiles, but then Dreamwave came along and did one better, and they did an eight-part one called More Than Meets the Eye, which was every single Transformer you could think of possible, and they did a bio page for each and every single one of them. And it was nice. it, yeah. it was eight yeah. issues long, and it's really tough to get those issues now. I, I was just looking at them today, as a matter of fact. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just thinking about the Firefly. Firefly. Yeah, that was that was the little race car, like dune buggy looking mask vehicle that. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, uh, stuff. All right, all right. I digress. I, I guess the four of us are gonna have to get together and do a mask one sometime. <laughs> <laughs> In any event, Marvel had its run, and then they, we had about a ten year lapse, and then after that, somebody stepped up to the plate and started publishing some new Transformer storylines in the name of uh, Dreamweave Productions. Yep. Now, unfortunately, they they had some good stuff, but unfortunately, they fell on some hard times in 2005 and had to close shop. Yeah. And then that's how we got our current IDW. But 
Um, I remember I was out of comics at the time. I just never had luck when it came to Transformers comics until last couple of years. But um, I remember seeing some stuff come out that uh, Dream Dreamwave, Dreamwave was putting that out, and then I think didn't they also put out um, uh, what what was Gotcha Man called in the United States? Oh, Battle of the Planets. Battle of the Planets. Didn't they put out Battle of the yes, Planets they did. too? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember that because I had seen that. I'd commented on that, and my wife actually got me all six collector. Well, not collectors, but all six. Issue number one covers that came out for that when it first came out for my birthday one year. And then Top Cow got a hold of that one. Yeah. But, I mean, it, the, the good stuff with it was, though, it's somebody rolled the dice on it again. And, you know, I don't know if uh, Dream Dream <coughs> excuse me Dreamwave didn't take a shot. We may not be looking at uh, Transformers today. No, sir, definitely not. Uh, Dreamwave, the thing that I remember with them was I picked up the very first issue, which was a miniseries that they did. And the reason I picked it up was because I was like, oh, Transformers. I haven't seen Transformers in I don't know how long. Picked it up. Beautiful artwork. It had uh, Pat Lee was working on it. And it was just absolutely gorgeous. The story was interesting. Um, it took me back to the G1 days and everything. And then I picked up every single miniseries after that. I picked up and then I picked up the series. And that went to issue, I believe, number nine uh, and before they went under. And never got to finish that story. I was also picking up, they did Transformers The War Within. They did a bunch of miniseries that were tied into that. Mm-hmm. And this was back to, they went back to the early days of Cybertron when it was still Orion Pax who became Optimus Prime. Optimus so, Prime, yeah. so those stories were fantastic also. They did, I know they also did some crossovers we were talking about earlier, the uh, G.I. Uh, Joe crossover with uh, Transformers. They Dreamwave did one of those also. So it was just it was an awesome time, and it was probably like you said the right time because it had been so long that fans were just like, oh my god, there's a Transformers comic out there. Let let's snatch that up. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, they just tried to grow too big too fast, and they suffered because of it, and we all suffered afterwards. Well, the only benefit about them, and you know, I don't speak ill will of the dead and stuff like that, but the only good thing about uh, Dreamwave Clothes and Shop was that we didn't have to suffer through. I know they had plans to do a, a Beast Wars and a Beast Machines right. type. Oh, so, come you on. Know, <laughs> thankfully, we didn't hey, have to suffer through that. Oh, thank God. Thankfully, IDW picked up the torch on that, though, and they came out with two miniseries for uh, Beast Wars, which is actually really good. Well, there wasn't a whole lot of. There wasn't a whole lot of space between the time that Dreamwave closed down and IDW picked up the picked nope. up the license. There was what was it like three months or something like that. Yeah, it was it was a really small turnaround time. And I will tell you, at first, I did not pick up the IDW comic because I had been burned by Dreamwave, and I was like, this is not going to end well. But then I started hearing good things about it, and I was like, I went back and got the got the issues. So, so um, right now with stands, we have IDW from. 2005 on, bringing us our Transformers, and that will get us up to where we are today, including several uh, one-shots. And uh, one thing worth mentioning is you were talking about Simon uh, Simon Furman before. Yes. Um, as far as I know, IDW snatched him up real quick and oh, got yeah. him, got him oh, yeah. in, so that's like kind of getting you off on the right foot. Yep. They did uh, 125 issues uh, with uh, – well, actually now 126 issues are out. <laughs> but uh, that's not including the crossover that they did with Transformers and Avengers and not including the two infestation tie-in issues that they did. 
So that's a lot. That's a the longest run on Transformers that's ever been done. And some extremely entertaining stuff. If, yes. if, if nobody's checked oh, it yeah. out, the spotlights themselves were fabulous. Yes. Uh, tying it into the pro- probably one of my favorite, the All Hail Megatron uh, Maxi Series, Limited Series, however you want to refer to it. Yep. The 12 plus 14 after that, uh, uh, four after that. Uh, talk about some excellent, excellent storytelling. And really kind of trying to set everything up into their the, the ongoing that they had after that as well yeah oh man that's just i, I can't I, just sitting here i can't really talk too much about it just just thinking about those issues it's like i'll probably go back and start reading them again in a couple of weeks well the one thing that yeah, that's that's what got me right back into transformers comics was all hell megatron that that was great and the thing that IDW's released, which Chuck and I have both collected, I have the entire run so far that they've done, and Chuck's starting to get them, is they went back and put all of those issues into hardcover editions. Uh, they've done five volumes of it so far that lead right up through All Hail Megatron. And from what we heard from some people we know at IDW, they're supposed to run those hardcovers all the way through up to Chaos, which is the event that just ended. Uh, so those hardcover editions are gorgeous. They're, they are beautiful. They are, and and look nice on a coffee table or a bookshelf. Yes, yes, and, they do. And they're put in the order that they recommend you read the the series in. So not in the order that they were released, but in the order that they think that you should probably read these stories in. See, that's the thing that probably gives me the most agita out of all of this. Um, when we originally talked back in December that we were going to do this specific. Uh, topic and with with you guys being so gracious to be on the show um i went back and i read all 30 plus issues of uh transformers nice uh, from this current this current run up to and including the death of optimus prime well i read issue one and then issue two and then i think it was at the end of issue two it says well this issue takes place before bumblebee but after uh the wreckers Two and Bumblebee one or something like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh my god, I'm gonna have to read 700 <laughs> issues. Yep. So I just kind of resigned myself that I would just kind of, you know, go from that and then just read just the title. And if anybody hasn't read it and is considering starting up on the title, I would say if you can, I'm sure, probably sure they have these in all uh, collected or trades as well. Yes, they do. Oh my God! You talk about a wild ride from from this current ongoing that started in two thousand nine. Uh, the current right? ongoing started in two thousand nine because that's when we started yeah. our podcast. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 But oh man, just just to go from there and then like somewhere around eighteen twenty, you start to get two divergent storylines. And it's like, oh well, this storyline will be continued again in episode number, you know, twenty-five, and you know, this one will pick up like two issues later. And it's like, wow, it's like crazy. And then like they announced that, that they're having the two new books, and it's like, okay, I can see how even way back when they were kind of looking at, well, we're going to split these up, yeah, and are kind of, and then two and strong storylines. How many times we like, you, how many comics can only carry a single crappy storyline? Yeah. And then in this, in this, the writing in this was fabulous that they had two divergent storylines that really didn't look like they had anything. Now, obviously they tie it in, they tie it in together later on. So you see how they work out together, but two divergent storylines that are telling two totally different ideas and good, not just, you know, you know, throwaways, but good. 
Yeah. It was it was unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah, they've done between Dreamweave and and uh IDW, they've just done a really great job of bringing the Transformers back to life in a way that makes new fans and old fans just get back right in. You know what I mean? That's that's what I mean when I say that sometimes you, as a fan, you would almost feel kind of taken advantage of where they kind of just bring out these old properties that you that you loved as a young person or loved years ago and kind of put you through the ringer in it. And Hasbro has been great in the fact that they they say, yeah, you know what? You want to do Transformers. It's our it's our property. You guys want to do a movie. You guys want to do a comic book. As long as you just maintain some like faithful rules to the comics. You can pretty much do whatever you want. Yeah, and, well, and these I'll, guys have done, and these guys have done it. They've done whatever really they've wanted to do, and not had to make it so it ties into a toy or tie into a cartoon or really tie into a movie. They're able to do their own thing and make the old fans love what they're doing and bring new people in along with it. Yeah. Well, I will say I talked. I remember talking to Andy Schmidt at a uh, convention, comic book convention, and he was the editor in charge of both the IDW G.I. Joe and the Transformers. Now, he came into Transformers about midway through IDW's run, and he said, it, believe it or not, it might not seem like it now, and I actually told him this, he said, it was, he said it was a bit of a mess to try to figure out, okay, we have all these storylines that were going on, and some of it's contradicting itself, so I need to figure out how to get all of this working together. And I told him, I says, you know what, with what you did, you would never know that this was a, maybe a white hot mess when you started. It would, he said, he, which he of course thanked me for that because he, he said that's what he was hoping for. But he said there was a lot of stuff that contradicted itself. And his goal as the editor was to try to get some writers in and, and get some creative people in that could take those elements and make it all make sense in the ongoing series. And that's when he brought on Mike Costa as the writer. And he did a great job of tying stuff in all the way up to uh, Chaos, which was the latest big event that had references back to the very beginnings of IDW's Transformers run. So, and that's, that's what I love the most when we talk about comics is that you can tell entertaining stories, you know, you, you know, you plot out a little in advance and then, you know, a little further and you have ideas on where you want to go with things. And then here we are like two plus years later, and books that we're talking about now are making reference to like issues from two, three years ago that are totally relevant. Yeah. You know, and it just right. ties it in together, which you get one idea at the time when you're reading the storyline. It's like, oh, that was cool. I like that. That was neat and so on and so forth. And then like two years down the line, it's like, oh my God. And it just opens it up so much wider than you would have ever thought. And whether that was by design or by opportunity, they're knocking it out of the park. Yeah. Now, just to, just to jump off the IDW, well, actually, to stay on the IDW train, but kind of jump off the Transformers. And, and, and what a great job IDW does with the properties they have, because IDW actually has a lot of licensed products yep. uh, that they're doing comics for, Ghostbusters, Transformers. I mean, they've got any major movie or old school movie, anything that's going on, they've, they've got their hand on it. But I'm right now. I'm reading the IDW re-released original Marvel GI Joe comics. Oh yeah, uh, and yeah. trades. Uh, right now they're up to number thirteen, and at uh, volume thirteen, which each volume has ten solid issues, ten eleven issues in there. Yep. But as of volume, I think eleven, 
maybe you can kind of see where the G.I. Joe comic ran off the rails. Oh, yeah. And and stopped being like a good comic and really started to incorporate a lot of the kind of crappy toys that were starting to come out um, with the like the eco warriors and just yeah they yeah. they kind it started to become silly. You know what? I stopped collecting the G.I. Joe comics <laughs> a long time before the point that I'm reading it and now. What's wrong uh, with Globulus? And they never Everything. got well. They never they never got into they never got into Cobra Law in no, the no. comics. No, thank God. No, they got, well, they got into being ninjas. Yeah, yeah ninja I mean Force. you're talking yeah Ninja Force. You're talking about like neon colored uniforms. Firefly just went from his like cool military gear to some crazy armor with a helmet, and he became a ninja master overnight. I, I don't know. Man. It's just crazy. It, it, I'm still I'm I'm still gonna buy them. Life. You know that, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, sure. I'm taking a correspondence so, course right now. Nice. Nice. <laughs> Very good. Good, good luck with that. Mohawk. I mean, what happened there? <laughs> yeah. So it, it's – but now IDW picked up the G.I. Joe, A Real American Hero, which picks up after the last issue that Marvel printed. Right. So it can it continues that Marvel line, that Marvel series, and they've brought it back to being awesome. Yeah, got rid of all the extraneous stuff. It's still it's still a little less serious than the other GI Joe titles they've got going. Yeah, <clears throat> because I think that GI Joe Marvel series was always meant to be not very serious. But uh, Larry Hammond and would always do a great job of incorporating a lot of like military jargon in there, and they've just kind of kept that going, man, and kept it and kept it just rolling along the way it was before it went off the rails. Now, Glenn, it probably would be wonderful to meet Larry Hamma in person, wouldn't it? You know what? As a matter of fact, I have met Larry Hamma in person, and it was wonderful. <laughs> yeah, but you, you did conveniently <laughs> forgot to get him to plug Alter Egos, though, didn't you? You know what, man? I was so starstruck, I, I didn't know what I was doing. Between you and like, Noob, man, I swear to God. <clears throat> he, he he reached out to us. My, my Larry Hammond was, taps him on the shoulder, and all Glenn can say is, uh, uh, "Mr. Hammond, uh, big fan, big fan." Yeah, oh, I, it was, we actually had a <laughs> Larry. We actually had a listener of ours that did us a very nice solid, and they went to a convention, met Larry Hammond, asked him if he could record an intro for our show, and he did. And then he he sent the file to us, and now most of our episodes open up with Larry Hammond saying. Uh, this is Larry Hammer, and you're listening to the Star Joe's podcast. I know that's oh. why I'm that's why I'm digging them. <laughs> it, like it, 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 the funny thing is, way back when, before Alter was when Alter Egos was in its infancy, uh, Noob and Glenn went to the New York Comic Con, and Noob got special got had a special arrangement that he could spend like a couple of minutes with uh, uh, Stan Lee. Well, something <laughs> happened, and it didn't work. But um, Noob wound up bumping into him on the way to the bathroom or something like that. And all Noob gets out is, uh, Mr. Lee, big fan, big fan. (laughs) So, like, I I keep getting on Glenn for the same thing. And it's like, you know what? I'm going to go to a convention and I'm going to get – um, I'm going to get an opening for Altered Egos. And it's going to be from Jack Kirby and Joe Simon. (laughs) Jeez. Break out your break out your Ouija board, brother. Hey, dude, to help, but I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> Anyhoosh. Like, I was uh, I was walking by I was walking by Hammer's table. My cousin was dressed as shipwreck, and everybody was stopping my cousin like every five feet. Oh my god, shipwreck! So when somebody reached out and was like, "Oh, excuse me, can I take a picture?" and we turned and was like, "Oh yeah, sure, another." Oh my god, it's Larry Hammer, and he was like, "Oh, I love your costume," and we were like. 
but you're Larry Henley. You. <laughs> you invented you invented shipwreck. Oh, I want to take a picture. Yeah, Larry Hammer. Click. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah, we okay. actually have a picture of that on our, on our gallery well, at uh, alteredegos.com forward slash gallery. And you got it. And that's that's the nice thing that IDW is doing. Getting back to Transformers is they were smart. They got Larry Hama again working on GI Joe. They got they even brought Herb Trimp in for uh, some you know covers and everything like that. Uh, who was the one of the original artists? And now they are doing the same or trying to do the same magic with Transformers because they're like I mentioned earlier, they're going to have the original pickup from where the Marvel run left off and they're getting Simon Furman who worked on the Marvel run and they're getting Andrew Wildman drawing it who worked on the original Marvel run. So again, going back to the masters that made these stories, uh, the legends that they are. So I I can't wait for that. That's the fact that they bring back, they resurrect like the old series and pick up right where they left off is i don't know man that's incredible to me that's awesome and make it relevant and entertaining that's that's the kicker yeah Yeah, look out for that on free comic book day yeah i'm gonna be all over it i'm gonna take i'm gonna take my nieces and their friends so they can pick up multiple copies of the issue oh yeah nice (laughs) so now let's get to the topic at hand um, originally, when we planned on doing the show, we were thinking about uh, trying to get a uh, trying to get like a retail copy or advanced copy or something like that from IDW. But things didn't quite pan out as I, as I had hoped. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk a little bit about the the new number one that just came out, more than Transformers, more than meets the eye. And then uh, after that, we'll kind of just give a couple of little snippets on what the uh, what the new what the next one will be. And when, when does that come out, Ryan? Is that the next Wednesday or the following Wednesday? It comes out the following Wednesday, so the very okay. last Wednesday of the month. Okay, so that'll be the 25th. Yes. Wednesday the 25th. And that'll be uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise, oh, which correct. truthfully that's the one that I, I've been waiting on because, you know, that's got my, my homie – front and center bumblebee so you know i'm right there with him but you know we'll we'll touch on that in a second but um glenn i know you were dying to get into the the optimus prime death of optimus prime do you want to say anything about that before we jump into the new book yeah definitely i mean the the death of optimus prime when you read that cover tagline you're like oh my god they're gonna kill optimus prime again like how many times (laughs) is this dude gonna die and how many different variations so you start reading, and at the at the end of the Chaos storyline, Prime and Megatron kind of get sucked through this wormhole energy vortex kind of thing. And the death of Optimus Prime picks up where you figure, oh, it's going to be a lot of remembrance, and they're going to be talking about what, you know, what Prime was like and stuff like that. Uh, Prime's still alive. Like, he came out of the other side. And actually, he said that he felt rejuvenated, and whatever he went through, like, kind of fixed him. And kind of rejuvenated him. So you're like, oh, okay, so Prime didn't die? Did he die? Is he in a, like, a, like a Cybertronian hell? Because he starts walking this barren and distraught landscape. And it turns out that it's Cybertron in the aftermath of this chaos event where yeah. this uh, uh, from the dead universe tried to come through and and get at our boys here. But um, So it, it's it's Prime dealing with the aftermath of that. And then you get a lot of non-combatant transformers are coming back they're not decepticons they're not autobots they're called nails uh, non-affiliated indigenous life forms i think there is what it stands for that's correct yeah so oh thank you i, I can't believe i got that right <laughs> holy smokes yeah. 
I was waiting for an email somebody was going to send me. He's like, uh, dude, that wasn't right. Nail stands for blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, no, you, you won the no prize on that one. Remember, uh, send your hate mail to noob at alteredegos.com. <laughs> That's right. Um, so he, he, a lot of the nails are now kind of, you know, in, in, in maybe kind of reflective of some of the own our own political turmoil and, and war turmoil that we've got going on in the world. Um, people that have never fought or didn't fight or chose not to fight are kind of throwing it in the face of those that did as like, you know, well, yeah, you fought, but this is, this is our world and this is what we want. And it's like, you gotta be kidding me. So prime sees the fact that he kind of represents the war and he's like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to take myself out of the mix. I'm going to exile, basically not exile himself, but it's like, I'm going to leave. I'm not going to come back. I'm going to go and do my thing. Since there are no more Decepticons to beat up on, and the death of Optimus Prime is indicative of the fact that Prime lets that title go and goes back to being Orion Pax. Yep. Gets in his ship, he takes off, he's like, so Optimus Prime is dead, long live Orion Pax. Yeah, which was awesome. That was awesome. Now, which was awesome. What a, what a great twist to what you're expecting to read is like another version of Optimus Prime dying. And it's just a metaphorical death in the in the sense that he's uh, he's just kind of moving on. Now, Ryan, you guys had an awesome take on on that when you covered it in episode uh, Star Joe's episode number fifty four. Fifty five. Fifty four. Fifty five. Yeah. That's right. Fifty four was the. Uh, the plea for um, yes. the uh, public service announcement. Yes. Yeah. But, I mean, I, and at the time, like, you had said it, and to your credit, you didn't let it go, what, it, what exactly what it was, because I hadn't had a chance to read it at that point when I listened to the show. And then, like, when I went back, and I'm like, well, how how other, many other ways could you possibly die? Right. And, like, the death of Optimus Prime, you know, that could only go one way. And then, like, I read it, and I was like, wow, you know. So kudos to not giving that away because yeah. me, you know, me and Glenn, we're just <laughs> here. Oh, wow, look, he's dead. I mean, he's not dead. Here you go, blah, blah, blah. But, um, you know, hey, look, you guys been, had a really good take weeks. on that. <laughs> 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 Grow up. You guys had a really good take on that, so kudos. Yeah, thanks. They, uh, the thing that I find the most interesting that's happening in More Than Meets the Eye and, and was shown, uh, like Glenn was talking about in uh, The Death of Optimus Prime, is I love the irony of the nails, how they are against the war that happened to the point where they will actually fight the Autobots and Decepticons. And I'm thinking, wait a minute, you were just against the war and now you are attacking them, like physically attacking them. I'm like, you don't see how that contradicts what you were just up against? <laughs> so, Yeah, what do you think about the art on that issue? Let me ask you that. The death of Optimus Prime? Yeah. I actually liked it. Really? I wasn't totally crazy about the art and more than meets the eye. Uh, okay. Because it was, you know, kind of, I don't know. It, it, it was more cartoony for my taste. I don't, I don't, I'm not really into the cartoony and anime-ish type kind yeah, of stuff. So that was, that was like a Nick little Roche. But the story was good. Yeah. The story was solid. So, you know, for me, you know, I could watch, you know, stick figure theater as long as the story is a good story. If the art's great, that's fine. If, if I have to suffer through Rob Leefield, I'll suffer through Rob Leefield. Yeah. But if you know if you're going to give me a good story and give me like some good art as well, you know, slap a Mike McKean in there. Oh, I'm I'm all over that. Yeah. That's- yeah. For me, the art on the Transformers, I'm not the biggest Nick Roche fan. I mean, he's not horrible, but like you said, it, it looks very anime, very very kiddie. Mm-hmm. 
Um, what was the guy, Ryan? Casey Collar? Casey Collar. There's also uh, Alex Milne is really good. Uh, yeah, those guys are really good on the Transformer books. Yeah, I bet my I bet my son, my oldest son, has my Death of Optimus Prime. And that's a Nick oh, Rochet oh. book too, right, Robert? Robert, who's yeah. Robert? I, I thought I was talking to Robert. Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't the Is Robert Atkins on the call? You never know. <laughs> He's always showing up. But the, uh, the Death uh, of Prime uh, wasn't that Nick Rochet too? Uh, yes, it was. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah, I'm bringing it up right now. I have uh, the story was James Roberts and John Barber, who are the two different writers that are doing. Uh, Roberts is doing more than meets the eye, and Barber is doing robots in disguise. And Nick Roche was the artist on that issue, right? And he's the artist that's on more than meets the eye. I don't know. Yeah, they were they were both uh, Nick Roche. Maybe it was because Death of Optimus Prime was a little more dark, a little more yeah, it was uh, dismal. I guess I don't want to say dismal, but I mean a little more. Serious. Heavy. Yeah, it's a little more serious, yeah. right? That's good. See, that's what I was thinking too. With it be you know a, a big topic like that, more serious, more heavy, mm-hmm. and and then you give me this cartoony art. I, I didn't really care that much for it on on that issue. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred the issue prior to the previous issue um, that wrapped up chaos. That that art on that issue was awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the Transformers More Than Meets the Eye is uh, James Roberts' story, and say it again for me because I'm going to butcher it. Nick Roche. Nick Roche art so, and uh, cover. Yeah. Well, like there's there's a couple different covers, but uh, I think they're pretty much all by Alex Milne, aren't they? Yeah, and like I mentioned before, he's he's a really good Transformers artist too. Who, uh, I mean, the art you're seeing on the covers is pretty much the art that he does, art style that he does. So. Mm-hmm. See, for me, that that's the kind of art that I want to say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the like the cover art, yeah. Mm-hmm. Another good artist that's done Transformers before is uh, Don Figueroa. Oh, yeah. yeah. So, and I have to give kudos on the, uh, the cover, not only with the art, but the colorist on it, um, which was, I, I'm trying to remember who the colorist on this was. Let's see. Uh, I got it right here. The colorist for, are you talking about More Than Meets the Eye? Yeah, Josh Perez. Uh, the the really great thing with the color on it, like I'm looking right now at the issue with uh, Ultra Magnus on it, and if you look, there's like little hints of dirt in the coloring, uh, like he's and scratches on his on his armor and everything else or his metal, like just mm-hmm. real subtle things that are in there that I assume is the colorist doing that. Yeah, Ratchet was my favorite cover. Yeah, yeah, the Hot Rod cover has the same thing, the same you know scratches and scrapes. Yeah. Same thing on Ratchet on the shoulders. You can see all that. And I like those little subtle touches when I take a second to really look at the art. Well, it's like it shows, you know, it shows more that it's more of a labor of as corny as it is. It's it's more of a labor of love than it is just a labor. You know what I mean? It's those little touches and 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 flurs and things like that that really kind of drive home what's going on in the you know in the storyline and in the and the scene and everything like that than just oh here's a cool looking robot yeah you know they're down they're dirty and you know literally so you know it, it, it helps it drives it home yeah now when you were talking about the story the thing i really liked with this issue that i don't think we've seen a whole lot of in the past versions of transformers uh even from idw is there's got to be at least five or six plots going on in this first. Oh yeah, I was just blown away by that. I'm like, I want to know more of what all this means. I got. I, I truthfully, I have to admit, my first read through, I I got lost. Yeah, 
I had to go back. I mean, and again, because I just got through reading like 30 plus issues. So sure. like I have so many different robots and color schemes and things like that in my head. I'm still having <laughs> oh, trouble sure. nailing yeah. who's who and, you know, who's this one and that one and so on and so forth. Um, but the little dude without the legs, I, I got to get more on him. Oh, yeah. I got to know, know what he's all about. Oh yeah, it's like he was like buried or lost for six million years. Yeah, and he doesn't as, realize as far as as, as far dead. as he yeah. yeah as far as he's concerned, it's been fifteen minutes. Yeah, as far as he thinks he's getting on the arc gets, rather yeah. than on the, what is it, the lost light? Yeah, yeah, lost light. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys find the Dinobot in the issue on page nineteen? No. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Hold up. <laughs> oh, that page nineteen, uh, third panel down, Dinobot from the Beast Wars. A Beast Wars. Uh, I, think a, I think it's a, a Dinobot. It looks like Grimlock's head. Uh, oh, it's it's a Dinobot. No, I thought you said it that's was not Dinobot. Dinobot. That's that's Skylinks. Oh, Skylinks. I don't know, dude. It looks like looks like a Dinobot head to me. I'll, I'll show you a picture of Skylinks. It's Skylinks. Trust me. I know more about Transformers well, they, than you do. Uh, hold on. They, 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 made, they made a reference. They made a reference to Skylinks yeah, in did. there. And that little that that guy missing his legs that's ta- his name's Tailgate. Tailgate. Which is kind of appropriate. He's missing his legs. <laughs> <laughs> He's missing his tailgate. Yeah. And then you had uh, rewind. He he picked up discs from Swindle. Yeah, like that. I saw that. I was like, that's bad. Okay, I have to I have to find out more about that. Yeah. And then you get and then obviously near the end you get this message from obviously the future. And Glenn yeah. had a theory on what, what 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 the deal was with that. You wanna you wanna spill that or? I sure. did. Well, when you were talking about well, what what happened to the ship? Uh, I don't think that was me. Oh oh, the, what happened to the ship? Yeah, I what think. Uh, well, well, Prime uh, was talking about they had loaded some cargo. He had some cargo loaded onto the ship. It seemed like so as soon as they take off, Bumblebee's like, I thought you said you had a plan for for this yep and then and then the either the explosion happens and prowl says i did or he goes i did and then the ship like there's an explosion on the ship which then rockets these guys like through a a a warp an uncontrolled warp and they wound up on a planet and crash landed and they're all messed up and then you see a message from the future telling hot rod either a not to leave and if he does leave then get this message to him. Don't do this. Don't do this. Don't do this. And don't do this because you're just going to make trouble for everybody. Yep. So that and again, that, that message from the future. Now, the message from the future was that coming out of the broken arc model that that one robot had or was it just something playing off? Like where where was that message originating from? And did anybody else hear it? Or was it kind of just like playing soft that nobody would have noticed it? Well, the message first starts in in Prowl's quarters. So I'm wondering if the message was sent to Prowl's quarters and we're just hearing it, the full message, as we see scene. Oh, okay. I'm just kind of curious. I don't know. It might be. The one thing I liked is if you looked at uh, page, uh, let's see, 21, uh, since we're Star Joes, uh, Hot Rod at the bottom there has a nice Luke Skywalker pose with, like, Instead of twin suns, it's twin <laughs> moons. But uh, yeah, I, I knew you'd pick up on that. Oh yeah. So I like that. But then uh, I, I will say my favorite character in this issue, just because he's a nutcase, was Whirl. And, yeah, <laughs> he's crazy. I know. He was talking to these dead Transformers, Cybertronians, 
and then he's like he attacks Cyclonus, and now he's on the ship with all these guys. Yeah, yeah, he was talking to a bunch of dead sweeps. Yeah, yeah, and uh, that's why Cyclonus broke in. He's like, "Oh, I'm sorry, I was looking for," and then the world goes crazy. He's like, "Dude, I don't care what you were doing. <laughs> Leave me alone." He's like, "No, I gotta. You know too much." He's like, "I don't know squat. Leave me the hell alone. I don't want to fight you." He was like, he was like some drunk guy at a bar. Yeah. He's like, yeah. what, what do you, you want to fight me? No, I don't want to fight you. Come <laughs> on, let's go fight. Yeah. It's like, holy smokes. And what you're, that's usually how that goes down. <laughs> and like the last few lines of it is, it, which is what we were talking about earlier, is exactly what got me super intrigued because there was all these other plots going on, but then there was lines of, don't open the coffin. So I'm like, well, what's the coffin? Don't let them take yeah. skids. Well, who's going to take skids? And then don't go to Delphi. I don't even know what Delphi is. It's like, and then it says, and do not, I repeat, do not look in the basement. I'm like, the basement of what? It's like, <laughs> it's like what is this, an old <laughs> horror movie or something? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. Maybe that. Maybe that's what it's going to be. The, these uh, More Than Meets the Eyes is going to be like a space horror adventure or something like that. Yeah. And then. Uh, um, the chasing bot. <laughs> yeah. Don't get them wet and don't feed them after midnight. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, but it looks like there's all kinds of crazy stuff getting ready to roll out on this more than meets the eye. And, and I mean, the art for me was, uh, like you guys said, it was a little animated looking, a little cartoony. But uh, I don't know. For me, it didn't it didn't really bother me. I, I The story was really strong. Yeah. Uh, the characterizations of the of the Autobots and the Decepticons and whoever they were talking to were really strong. And even some of the more uh, in focus type of Transformers like uh, Red Alert looked really cool. Uh, as opposed to being like another, almost like a sideswipe type knockoff, which is what he always kind of looked like in yeah. the cartoons and in the toy, because yeah, yeah. you know, he's pretty much modeled after side, sideswipe, a Lamborghini cop car. Um, True. It just, it, 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 he had a really cool look, and even he was a little crazy. Yeah. Just all really like jaded and rigid. He's like, I don't trust you. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm just walking through. He's like, ah, I got my eye on you, boy. Yeah. He's like, holy smokes, there are a bunch of crazy bots out there. But uh, uh, I don't know if that's going to be the the art long term. Yeah, I don't know. I uh, I think I almost I said I mentioned this to Chuck uh, before, and I I'm wondering if they're trying to go a new direction of making it a little bit more all ages, and that's why they went with this art style. Because um, when you really look at it, there's not a whole lot of like overt violence that would keep you away from giving this to a kid to read. So I don't know if that's the direction they're trying to go in, and that's why they picked this art style. Maybe well, they just want to have one artist on one I, book and another artist on another book. Yeah, it, it looks like they're just maybe they're just trying to differentiate the two books from one another. Yeah, that's right. now, see that's for me that's so that's actually a really nice thing about the Transformers is you can get away because in the one scene Cyclonus comes flying so low that he actually tears the arm off the one <laughs> yeah. robot. You know what I mean? And it's like you can get away with doing that to a robot because he's a robot. Yep. Now, you can't put that same scene in a regular comic book with a regular character. He gets his arm torn off. No. And a parent's like, oh, my God, you can't read this. People are getting torn apart. So you can – because even in um, yeah, All Hail Megatron uh, – what's that? You guys going to say you couldn't have uh, one dude like crawling across the crawling across the ground with no legs. And uh, right. it was like a G.I. Joe thing. That wouldn't work out well. Right, right, exactly. So it, all ages in the sense that maybe they can mask some of it. Because once you start getting into some of that message that don't look in the basement, don't open the coffin, 
like I kind of think you start to think it's like, well, there's there seems like there might be some kind of creepy stuff coming down the pike. Uh, yeah. But you can get away with some of that stuff with robots that it doesn't seem as real. Yeah, right. right. As you can with another with another type of, uh, uh, you know, you can't do that with the X-Men or whoever. No. I'm telling you what, the they're X- setting the X- this thing Cap- up right now. They're setting this thing up right now for in- Infestation 3. Uh, vampire <laughs> robots. Oh, man. Vampire oh, no. robots. I'm out. I'm telling you. I'm out. <laughs> Nice. Another little Easter egg that I really liked in the issue was, uh, do you remember with Brainstorm when he showed his security thing and he says, uh, it's authentic, check out the rub sign? And yeah. it reminded me of the old Transformers with where you'd rub to see what if they were Autobots or Decepticons. Yeah, I like oh, that. Is that what that was? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't catch that. I, I saw the decal, but I didn't get the... Uh... Nice, nice. Yeah, because when you look when you look at his security badge, it's it's the auto because on all of the on all of the Transformers back in the day, the overall shape of the rub area was the Autobot symbol. Yeah, it's once you like heated it up, it determined it either showed you the Autobot symbol or it showed you the Decepticon symbol. Mm-hmm. So when you look at his ID, it's just a black spot yep. where it looks like the outline of the Autobot symbol. I was like, oh yeah, nice. Yeah. Right. and then if you look yeah. to the left of that symbol. Good catch. It's exactly what Chuck was mentioning earlier, which is the little power chart thing there. In it's like a little red type thing. It looks like those little power. Charts. Oh yeah, on the back of the toy pack where you. Yeah, put the, I remember uh, that the red cellophane piece over top, and so that was on the ID card. Also. Yeah. Good call. See, and that lets you know that the guys that are writing and drawing these comics are fans of Transformers in general. Yep. Now, would this be an issue and a series that you guys will continue buying the issues on, or is it something you're going to wait on trade? Or no, oh, no, no. Like I said, I'm screwed either way, so I'll be collecting <laughs> issues. <laughs> yeah, I'll be picking up the issues. I, now, I to be fair, I got a sweetheart it. deal because a friend of mine has a, it has a comic shop, nice. so I can I can swing by there anytime and you know read stuff as long as I'm careful and have my gloves and. <laughs> Whatever, but uh, you know, so I got that. But you know, you know, when you start when you start talking about like triple digits a month, yeah, uh, yeah, I'm just glad I have a loving, wonderful, and understanding wife. Same attaboy. <laughs> and I, it, it's a good thing to get that into podcast whenever I can. Yeah. Mine, mine's being very understanding right now too. Cause I was like, well, we should be done about an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> We're in the home stretch. Yeah. But uh, if you guys had to give this a one to five, uh, where, where do you come down on it? The more than meets the eye. I would come right in the middle and give it a three. Okay. Three. Ryan, what yeah. do you think? I'd give it a four because I'd give it just the one point deduction because the art's not exactly what I would want. Mm-hmm. Glenn. I go four point five, baby. Point five, wow. and I bring it. I bring it back down to to reality, and I'll go three point five because I I did like it. Um, I wasn't a huge fan of the art, but that didn't really bother me so much. Um, maybe the you know five, six, seven, fifty two storylines they have running through it will bear fruit later on in the future. But for now, at least from a new reader standpoint, it, it's going to be. I don't think it's going to be insurmountable, but I think it's definitely going to be, a, you know, a, a tough read for a first-time reader anyway. Yeah, possibly. I agree. I agree. But, uh, you know, if anyone is interested in Transformers more than meets the eye from IDW Publishing, I would definitely recommend it. Um, give it a shot and, you know, hang in with it because it will pay dividends in the future. 
Absolutely. All right. And then now, uh, the counterpart, which is the one I was actually hoping was going to come out first, unfortunately didn't, <laughs> was the uh, uh, Transformers Robots in Disguise. <clears throat> now, basically, um, if I got everything right, that one is basically about Bumblebee trying to assert himself as the leader of the Autobots and trying to rebuild everything between the Autobots, the Decepticons, and now these new civilians, the Nails, yeah. and how that's all going to go. Yeah, they're basically what they're doing is uh, he has to deal with the Nails, he has to deal with the Decepticon prisoners, because these, all these prisoners were from the big chaos thing where they were overtaken by the Devoid. Uh, they, once they came out of that, they were kind of out of it mentally and everything, so the Autobots took that opportunity to imprison all of them. Ratbat, if you remember that character, is uh, kind of using some diplomatic means to organize and work arrangements so this way the Decepticon prisoners can be freed. So Bumblebee's having to deal with that also. Um, and he's got Prowl as his, his right-hand man, but Prowl's got his own agenda going on as well. Yeah, buddy. So we might get another issue that has like five, six plot points going on. I don't know. This whole, this whole, like, I would say, like, the last five or ten issues of the, the previous ongoing and what we've seen with Prowl so far, I, I don't know. There's, there's definitely something going on in the background with Prowl that I'd never seen nor actually even considered before. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. There's something going on with him. There's a little dark, there's a little dark streak running in there somewhere. Yeah. Yep. Maybe it's Megatron in this. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> awesome. I can't pull that off. <laughs> I couldn't pull that off. But, okay, well, um, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I'm, I'm sure you guys are eagerly awaiting its release as well. Yeah. And I, I look forward to hearing uh, you guys uh, give and take back and forth on the Star Joe's podcast. And you know what? I feel bad. We, didn't, we never said it in the beginning. At least I don't think we did. Where can everybody... Uh, get more information on the Star Joe's podcast? Uh, they can find us at www.starjoes.com. Uh, we are on iTunes, and we're also, for those people with mobile devices, uh, we're on Stitcher Radio. It's a free app, and it's got all different ki- kinds of uh, talk show and radio programs, and Star Joe's is one of them that's on there. Uh, and like I said, it's a free app, so that's another way to, to find us and listen to us. Okay. And soon uh, you'll be able to reach us on the GeekCast Radio Network. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, we're gonna nice. we're, we're uh, joining this big network of uh, different podcasts that pretty much cover the same a lot of the same properties we do, except we specialize in the comics and they kind of specialize in the the TV shows and and toys and everything like that. So it's a nice place to get your '80s fix of all these different properties that are out there. Um, and let you know, let's be honest, you, you know, they're 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 just Warming it up for you. Absolutely. Well, we cover all of them. <laughs> they specialize. So we decide, you know what, we can take all these properties on. Uh, so we cover Star Wars, G.I. Joe, Transformers, Voltron, and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles as far as the ongoing comics. And then we take a look at pretty much any 80s property that was out there. Uh, I will warn people, uh, we are a podcast for adults, so we don't hold anything back. So do not be playing us when the kids are around. <laughs> Yeah, we're, we're explicit. Yeah. Not work-friendly, then. Yeah. No, with headphones. With headphones. <laughs> with headphones, yeah, you're good. Yeah, I had told Ryan a little story uh, that I was listening to the um, Ghostbusters show that you guys did, and I was walking around with 
you know, just going to get a cup of coffee and I had the show playing in my, in my headphones <laughs> and I was just giggling to myself and making like little comments about the, uh, the episode. And then what was that eighties show that you guys played at the time? Um, I want to uh, say it was, um, it was, uh, growing, growing pains. That's it. I started singing growing pains in the coffee break room. The show me that smile again. Yeah. Yeah, nice. that went over like a lead balloon. <laughs> so thank you very much for that. Oh, in honor of you two gentlemen, uh, normally we play our closing music, um, which is by <clears> – you know, I should know that off the top of my head. Epic fail. Um, <clears throat> normally our closing music is by Brad Sucks, <clears throat> and it is called – man, that's horrendous uh, – Understood by Your Dad. But this week we're going to be closing with – uh, a little radio uh, – not radio. A little television theme song called Silver Spoons. Nice. Oh. Words and Classic everything. Classic Ricky Schroeder. So we'll, we'll be closing with that in honor of you two gentlemen for agreeing to be on the show and holding it down so exquisitely, exquisitely well as you have uh, representing Transformers and – 80s properties as it is so thank you very much for agreeing to be on the show and we loved having you guys well uh, no no problem thank you very much for the invite it was awesome yeah thanks for having us all right we're going to close it down there and then um you guys are good to go glenn and i are going to take care of a couple other little tidbits that we need to wrap it up and then uh we'll be all set Uh, the episode barring any major catastrophes is going to come out sunday night at uh, nine eastern awesome well, thank you. Sounds good. Thanks. Thanks a lot, man. And just to give just, just to give you guys a peek behind the curtain, uh, the next shot cast I'm going to be doing is on Star Wars Expanded Universe, and that'll be nice. I think posting and and not this Sunday, but the following Sunday, right, X? Yep, that's right. All right, cool. Yeah. That's like Ryan's wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Ryan, you were talking about uh, the the interview that you're going to be having coming up soon. Uh, let's see. Uh, well, we're going to be having quite a few things coming up soon. So, uh, yeah, I mean, just was this with the Costa. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, yeah, we're talking about, uh, having Costa back to do the wrap up of chaos and, mm-hmm. um, uh, the, he was also working on Cobra when they did their whole Cobra civil war. So, okay. uh, he mentioned to us last time we interviewed him that he'd love to come on as like an aftermath. So it's just a matter of getting back in touch with him. Okay. To see if we can get him on, but then I also we also want to get uh, Andy Schmidt on because he works over at Hasbro now, but he was the editor when Chaos and Cobra right. Civil War were all being planned out. So I don't usually read those letter pages, but I actually read that. Yeah, we had talked about it briefly, but uh, I said that we do that uh, the real deal show, right? And uh, Glenn and I are going to be doing uh, a review of the GI Joe movie when it comes out, right? And, you know, we'd love to invite you guys to come on and be on that with us. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah, cool, cool. Doesn't, right. doesn't, that, doesn't that movie look good? Like, it looks oh, good, yeah. right? It does. It does. It's scary good. I'm oh, keeping away man. from everything, but, like, oh, man, I'm just – I'm ready. Yeah. I, I, for me, the big thing is they removed the mouth off of Snake Eye's mask. Yes. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm in, and it looks like they killed Duke. I'm in. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and they Poor brought Tatum. Clinton. <laughs> Clinton. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to say this again. I did not have sexual relations with that woman, Miss Lewinsky. I never told anybody to lie. 
Not a single time. Never. These allegations are false. And I need to go back to work for the American people. No, Flint. Oh, Flint. no. I know it's a joke. Ha <laughs> ha. It's a bad one, but okay. <laughs> yeah, this is this is like a Ryan made movie. They they kill Duke and bring in Flint and <laughs> Lady J. And... Yeah. Yeah. Well, just as long as Don Johnson's not going to be anywhere near it. <laughs> oh, man, I need Don Johnson as Falcon. <laughs> yeah. Get some Sergeant well, Slaughter, roll him out. Oh, come on, <laughs> dude. He'll be like, come on, guys. He wasn't good in wrestling. You're going to stick him in the... Uh, hold on, I have to vomit in my mouth. <laughs> well, let me, let, me, let me ask you guys, guys this, because I, I, I was just on the hub... This past week, they also had the uh, rise of Serpentor, so they're moving into like the next right. round of GI Joe and Transformer cartoons from back in the day. Yeah, um, the second season, so to say. Yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, the w- w- the guy that played Sergeant Slaughter's voice was that really Sergeant Slaughter or yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. Oh, okay. I I yeah, I th- was thinking about it and I kept meaning to check IMDb, but you know, I'm like I'm all nice and cozy watching cartoons. I don't <laughs> no, want to watch. No, it's really him. Yeah, he's oh, pretty cool. He's, he's still up in all that WWE crap in yeah. the front office stuff. Yeah, yeah. So he's always around That's looking right. for a handout. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna be signing off here. So. Thanks. All right, yeah, fellas, same, stay man. well. Thank you for Thanks. agreeing to be on the show. We loved having you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Yeah, definitely. Give our Thanks, regards uh, to the wives. Let them know. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And we're sorry. No yep, we'll do. All right. <laughs> we'll do. All right, fellas. All right, bye. All right, All right guys. Later. Take care. Thank you. Here we are, face to face, a couple of silver spoons. Hoping to find we're two of a kind. Make it a go. Make it go.